0: Adam
1: Curry, John C. Dvorak.
2: It's Sunday, August seventh, twenty twenty-two. This is your award-winning Gitmo Nation Media Assassination episode fourteen seventy-five. This
3: is No Agenda,
2: counting cancellations and broadcasting live from the heart of the Texas Hill Country here in FEMA Region
4: Number Six in the morning. Everybody, I'm Adam Curry, and from Northern Silicon Valley, where we don't even know what a cancellation is, I'm John C. Dvorak. It's Craig and Buzzkill.
2: In the morning. Yeah. yeah, I'll tell you about cancellations. All right. I sent uh, Tina and uh, Human Resource Number no. Two on a mother daughter weekend to Florida. Woo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This uh, They're very excited about Did they kick about- up their heels? They kicked up the heels bigly. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They, it's, they, you know, here's the thing they may not, I may mean, never see him again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Right. Their, their, their out their outbound flights got canceled on uh, Friday morning, mm-hmm. so we had to do some uh, some quick reshuffling, rebooking on a different airline. Supposed to come home today, both their flights canceled, so they're staying Again. an extra day. Yeah, oh yeah, it's it's like everything is in cancellation. Do they want us mode. not
4: to travel? What's the deal?
2: Well, yes, I think that's completely the deal. They don't want us to travel. Um, that will only be for the elites? <laughs> it seems pretty obvious. No, they don't, they don't want us to travel. This is It's broken. It is so broken.
4: Pete Buttigieg. Hello? Yeah. Buttigieg. Give me a break.
2: Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, none of that. None of that. Yeah, I mean, that's not the biggest problem we have, obviously. The biggest problem we have is uh, we're under another health emergency
3: oh oh Oh. Oh, you didn't know? Well, here it is. Now that this is declared a public health emergency, what changes when it comes to monkeypox?
5: Yeah, it's it's one more tool in our toolbox of, of all the things that the administration is doing to ramp up the response, right? A we tool. just named tool. Uh, tool. Tool, uh, two, uh, two national leaders to lead the response out of the White House, one from FEMA, one from CDC. Uh, oh. The public health emergency allows us to speed up vaccines and treatments uh, more fe- uh, effectively and efficiently. That's going to be helpful um, and, and also helps us get data better, data collected better across the country. So there's a whole set of tools that the public health emergency gives us uh, that allows us to be even more effective in this response.
2: Yes, tools. You mean tools. Tools like uh, an emergency. That means you can do all kinds of shit, right, when you have a tool like an emergency.
4: The way I see it. So I was listening to some of these reports, and it turns out that anyone who had, before I guess it was 1973 or 74, when they stopped doing it, they had the old smallpox shot. You're good to go with monkeypox. Yes, I have a clip about that.
6: Good news, I suppose, is that there is a vaccine for monkeypox. Bad news, there is more need or even demand in some cases than supply.
7: People born before 1973 in this country received a smallpox vaccine, which covers this strain of monkeypox. So that's the good news. There is a monkeypox-specific vaccine that is being distributed now across the country. We've had significant difficulty getting it into the country and getting it to where it's needed. And certainly we need more supply. In addition, there's a drug that works remarkably well against monkeypox. Part of the reason the federal government issued an emergency declaration this week is to enable them to accelerate it, to get it approvals, to get it out to the general public so we can use it. Ah,
2: there it is. There's there's an effect. I wonder if it's ivermectin. There's something effective. We need emergency use. We need emergency to get it out there. What could it be? Dr. Zhao, where
5: are we with antivirals? Yeah, it's a very good question. There's one treatment it called is? T-Pox. Uh, it is actually a treatment for smallpox. has not been authorized for uh, for monkeypox. FDA is looking at that, collecting data. The good mm-hmm. news, again, our, our administration was prepared. Uh, we have 1.7 mm-hmm. million doses of that in the strategic national stockpile. We're going to be studying how well it's working. We're still getting that out to people, looking at the data, making sure it's safe and effective. We believe it is. All the, the data. data so far says it is. Data. Uh, and the goal is to make sure that those anti continue to get out to people who are infected.
2: Yes, yes, if you're infected. Now, the the question, of course, is is, does this really warrant a... A public health emergency? Are we overreacting? CBS has answers. Somebody
8: watching right now may think, okay, we have roughly 7,000 cases in the country. Based on what you just said, is this a bit of an overreaction? Are we pulling the fire alarm, so to speak, declaring this massive public health emergency when it's not as much of a threat to
5: everybody around the country? Your reaction? Yeah, I would say two things. I mean, first of all, thankfully, no one has died, so we are still at a point in this, in this outbreak uh, where I, I do believe that while it is very, very serious, believe, it is I not something uh, that is reason for widespread alarm. Um, but look, public but look, health emergency gives look, us some tools that lets us look, get on tools, top of this thing. Tools. One of the lessons we learned from COVID, one of the lessons that we learned from all outbreaks, it's always better to be a step ahead of the virus. And that's what we're doing here. We're taking this very, very seriously. It's obviously Affecting a specific community, we're working very closely with uh. that community. I think this is absolutely the right and appropriate approach. It will allow us to give us even more tools to get on top of this virus. Tools. All
2: right, shut up with your tools already. Oh, we a need lot of tools. tools involved. Here. Well, you know, the tool is lockdown and other bullshit. If they want to use, I don't think he's that's that's the intent. But let's talk to the king. Let's talk. Let's listen to Peter McCullough, the infallible king of all things medicine, because you just can't deplatform the guy. He was at CPAC. <laughs> Of course, why wouldn't he be political? Uh, And here's what he had to say about the public health emergency.
8: At this point in time, it's been clear now for a year and a half, there is no emergency in the country. A medical emergency is determined by doctors, not by health officials. A medical emergency, like any other emergency, should be easily visible to everyone. No one in this room looks like they're under a medical emergency right now. (laughs) Our government yesterday declared monkeypox a medical emergency. Dr. Malone has outlined this is in a small, specific group of individuals. It's very easily treatable with a drug we have available to us. And there are no U.S. deaths. This is simply a painful condition for some people that we treat at home or in the hospital. So the medical emergency for SARS-CoV-2 has been over with for a year and a half once we had our treatment approach and the hospitals emptied out. And there is no medical emergency for monkeypox. The fact that an administration has declared that is prima facie evidence that the context of medical emergencies are being used to accomplish an agenda.
4: Uh Aha! You don't say. (laughs) Stunning. there's a conclusion I would have never expected.
2: So here's a little information on this uh, vaccine, the uh, monkeypox vaccine f- made by Genius Genius J Y N N E O U S, and this is uh, I think it's a Danish company. So they've been in the FDA approval process since 2019. It was supposed to be a smallpox vaccine, it had nothing to do with uh, with monkeypox per se. The reason they developed it is it would have less side effects than the. Uh, ACAM2000, which I guess is the current monkeypox vaccine that people like. Uh, however, and this is, all, this is a document that um, Stefan sent me, one of our producers, in the, in the document f- from the company itself it, themselves, they say, here, page three, monkeypox was added uh, to, the, uh, to the vaccine uh, use at the request of somebody in the U.S. government. A quote, the applicant's original proposed indication did not include monkeypox. During the review of this submission, we received increase from external stakeholders in the U.S. government, this is 2019, asking whether the available data for MVABN would support an indication for prevention of monkeypox. We determined that Im- immunogenicity data for MVBN obtained in humans together with a non-human primate, data already submitted, Uh, Support the indication for prevention of monkeypox since the clinical and non-clinical studies provided multiple lines of evidence that the immune response provided protection against different orthopox viruses and specifically monkeypox in the NHP challenge model. Therefore, we recommended including the monkeypox indication in the product labeling. Interesting that someone brought that up then. I mean, why would you do that? Monkeypox, we haven't seen monkeypox since when?
4: The 70s, I guess. So out of the blue in 2019, mm-hmm. some U.S. somebody, from the U.S. Stakeholder, government stakeholder, <laughs> stakeholder. Oh, is a stakeholder it wasn't government? It could have been Pfizer. Well, it said government st- stakeholder in the U.S. government is what the okay what stakeholder, the says. which would mean yeah. NIH or somebody's got a patent thing going or something mm-hmm. corrupt, mm-hmm. something. <laughs> let, me, <laughs> let, let, let me say it again. Yeah, something corrupt. Uh huh. Interesting. Uh, two years, three years in advance of the actual outbreak, it's that was then careful. declared a public emergency, uh, not by doctors, but by some other stakeholders. Very nice, yeah. No, I mean, good work, people. I give somebody credit for being particularly um, sneaky. Now, according to reports, um,
2: and this is this we've seen this guy before. Is the top Israeli? Biological research scientist. I think he might have been a troublemaker previously uh, regarding uh, Pfizer, possibly. Uh, but he's now been deplatformed. He's been censored after he said monkeypox outbreak may be connected to the mRNA shots. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, no. We can't be... Sa- you know, I I have to say, with this next report, I had to dive into the history of virology because. Now now they're really pushing it. So we had the COVID, we got the COVIDs, and we got the monkeypox. Oh, that's not enough. Now we got the polio.
9: After decades off our collective radar, polio has once again reared its head with health experts urging unvaccinated Americans to get inoculated against the disease.
10: Never have guessed
9: it in a million years that it would pop up again. Officials in New York State confirm wastewater samples collected in Orange County contain the paralyzing and potentially deadly virus. Those tests ordered after a 20-year-old man in nearby Rockland County tested positive last month. Experts fear hundreds more are infected.
4: So I would assume that we have people that are positive from it.
9: This latest strain also detected in the United Kingdom and Israel. For decades, polio has only been active overseas, namely in Afghanistan and Pakistan.
7: Once it gets into your body, it can cause fevers, flu-like symptoms, body aches. But in some people, they actually get a paralysis.
9: Officials noting the New York man who tested positive last month never received the widely available vaccine, a four-dose regimen recommended for kids under six. His case marking the first in the U.S. since 2013. The last time a case originated here, 1979. How insane is it in your mind that we are talking about polio in
7: 2022? You know, this is one of those viruses, one of those diseases that we were so close to eradicating. I think what you're seeing are some of the worst repercussions of this vaccine hesitancy.
9: Now, amid the covid pandemic and an outbreak of monkeypox, experts are begging Americans to check their immunity to another virus. One long thought to be behind us.
2: You know. I remember in uh, 2020, people were sending emails, hey, you know, there's no such thing as viruses. You know, this is where we got into the whole exosomes, and that's maybe how, uh, how COVID was spreading. Now, man, you look at the the history of virology, certainly of polio, uh, discovered, uh, I think it was at the Rockefeller Institute, Simon Flexner. Uh, and, you know, they discovered this polio, and they weren't sure how it transmitted. And if you go back and look at the documents, for what I'm led to believe, uh, this poliomyelitis, uh, they didn't really know how it was transferred. And, and in, the, in their assessment, they say, therefore, therefore it must be uh, uh, transmitted via air and miniature, miniature particles. I'm not sure it's actually been proven to be an airborne disease. A monkeypox certainly isn't an airborne disease. You know, and, and so you got this Israeli scientist. I'm kind of with him. I think that it's possible that people's immune systems are so blown out at this point. And you can imagine that, uh, you know, the man, whore, uh, the man whores who have sex with man whores, because that's what we're talking about. Um, have low immune they're all vaxxed and boosted they already have low immunity you have sex with multiple partners we're going right back to the hiv crisis you you have a very susceptible your, your immune system is shot and then shit can get in there who knows what what could be happening
4: <clears throat> well the mrna vaccine if it was the gateway it would affect more than just men who have sex with men. Obviously.
2: Uh, uh, yeah,
4: no, I, yeah, no, you yeah, know, yeah, no.
2: I'm in complete agreement. And I think that that's, you know, that consensus is
4: cool. I think a guy like that, you know, there's a good thing that's happening with the, uh, <laughs> free speech lawsuit, which is not being discussed at all. Um, but you mean you know, Alex Clinton? Jones? No, no, <laughs> no, this, no. that's being discussed. That's what's being discussed. Uh, this is not, not too much of a side trip, but this, um, just, but it is part of what you just said but what is my clip here uh, League of Their Own Amnesty Report I should be looking at this thing more often.
2: Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's all right. You showed up. But that's half the work. I did. I know. I'm <laughs> lucky I made it. Uh, uh, gay musician? I'm just, uh, just going to throw this Oh, the gay musician is a good clip. Yeah, But that's uh, not the one you're looking for. What are you looking no, for?
4: Uh, here it is. Free it says, uh, it says obscure free speech right here in front of me. Uh. Play the obscure free speech lawsuit. There's two things you'll introduce. One is that there's no reason that guy can't say that. But you'll hear the whole thing in here. But there's also a new ACLU that's come around. Nobody's talking about it, but these are the guys who are going to take over.
11: Joining us now is Janine Yunus, who is the litigation counsel for the new Civil Liberties Alliance. Thank you for joining us, Janine.
12: Thank you so much for new. having me. It's no way. Yes,
11: and now why has the NCLA joined the state of Missouri in suing President Biden, HHS and Dr. Anthony Fauci over allegedly censoring COVID-19 information on social media?
12: Well, because uh, this is one of the worst First Amendment violations that I think we've ever seen uh, in this country, the federal government is coercing tech companies and using them in order to accomplish its own censorship aims. So the federal government thinks that there's a problem with COVID quote-unquote misinformation, and it's told tech companies that if they don't censor people who basically disagree with the government's message, then uh, they will be penalized in the form of regulation or other legal action. Uh, the, The federal government can't use private companies to do what it can't do directly. So, uh, you know, we considered this a very grave issue. We actually had a had, uh, similar lawsuit a little bit earlier that was dismissed, although we're still pursuing that on appeal. And we had these four private plaintiffs who wanted to join, and so we joined on their behalf.
11: Certainly, it's a very important topic to discuss, big tech, and how the information is spread. Now, in July 2021, Surgeon General Vivek Murthy said that big tech companies have allowed COVID misinformation to spread without being held accountable. He said this false information kept people from wearing masks and high risk places, turn down uh, proven treatments, and avoid the vaccine, all causing unnecessary illness and death. How does the lawsuit you've joined address this?
12: Well, uh, Vivek Murthy's statements are part of it. Uh, there are also a number of other government officials or officials within the Biden administration who've said se- uh, similar things. So, Biden's spokeswoman, Jennifer Saki, uh, Alejandro Mayorkas. But then, you know, as we've recently seen over the past couple of weeks, this campaign was even more uh, extreme than we had realized. There were emails from DHS and from CDC that showed that the federal government was basically commanding tech companies to censor people. There's uh, the CDC emails that were released last week. Actually, single out certain people. One of them is Naomi Wolf.
2: <laughs>
12: My girl Naomi.
2: No, you girl, she's targeted. No, no. This is this is very interesting. This is a good catch. What is the name of this outfit?
4: The uh, Nas- na- oh. National National Civil- National Civil Liberties Alliance or something like that.
2: Hmm. Uh, this this censorship seems to be, well, of course, rampant, but it is coming
13: from on high. The UN has made uh, quite the declaration recently. The United Nations has declared war on conspiracy theories, describing the rise of conspiracy thinking as worrying and dangerous, dangerous, and providing the public with a toolkit to pre-bunk and debunk anybody who dares to suggest that world governments are anything but completely honest, upstanding, and transparent. The UN also warns that George Soros, the Rothschild, and the State of Israel must not be linked to any alleged conspiracies. The UN has teamed up with Twitter, the European Commission and the World Jewish Congress to launch the campaign dubbed Think Before Sharing. Stop the spread of conspiracy theories. The UN wants you to know that events are not secretly manipulated behind the scenes by powerful forces with negative intent. (laughs) And if you encounter anybody who thinks the global elite are conspiring to consolidate power and dictate global events, you must take action. According to the UN, if you're certain that you've encountered a conspiracy theory on the internet, then you must react immediately and post a relevant link to a (laughs) fact-checking website in the comments
7: don't look over here nothing to see here
13: well that's kind
4: of interesting what is pre-bunk you think (laughs) i don't know that's like basically before we debunk and pre-bunk what's pre-bunk
2: yeah before we release a show someone would go to twitter and say those guys suck they're they're full of shit they're conspiracy
4: theorists before we drop the show that's, oh, maybe. That's, a, that's a pre-bunk. Yeah, I think that's a pre-bunk. Anyway, so this woman continues on this little thing, uh, this little report, part two, and and brings out a very interesting point, which she herself is reluctant to discuss.
12: Okay single out certain people one of them is naomi wolf whose twitter account was suspended shortly after just a couple of weeks after the cdc is telling twitter that she's spreading misinformation so what we're seeing here is that the companies are acting at the behest of the government which makes this a first amendment issue
11: now would you say that there are any legitimate false pieces of information that could be classified as misinformation that are spreading that should be taken down
12: um, well Whoa. that's a good question. Uh, no. Our plaintiffs you know we they're they're great plaintiffs because they're actually three of them are doctors, scientists um, who are epidemiologists and work in this area and everything they've said has turned out to be true. So okay. what the government is doing is censoring very valid debate. The First Amendment still protects uh, lies. So, you can, you you know, the government can't say that lies. you can't tell lies or spread what's called misinformation. Of course, that's harder to convince people that that's
11: okay. So, in your view, that this information should be allowed to spread, even if, if it is false? Um,
12: well, yes, I would argue that that's First Amendment protected. But our plaintiffs, actually, nothing they have said is beyond the pale. You know, they've said things like the studies actually show that masks uh, don't work, aren't, are not very effective, which has turned out to be true. They said the vaccines don't stop transmission, um, that, you know, the vaccines have some side effects that they've never been anti-vax or anything, um, but they've just made valid points that the American public deserves to hear.
11: And Janine, in your view, what are the harms of the government intervening in this?
12: Oh, there are uh, tons of harms. (laughs) So people aren't, I mean, this is sort of crucial uh, core First Amendment speech. This is why we have a First Amendment, because the framers of the Constitution recognize the government doesn't hold all the answers, and often they're wrong, and they wield their power in ways that are problematic. So what is happening is we're censoring very valid debate, for instance, about lockdowns, and masks the public isn't able to properly get the information that it needs to weigh in on the policies that we should have
2: Uh, you dream on lady where where is she from this is this is five year ago talk we're way beyond this oh this is they should not be doing this to government
4: are you kidding me where have you been so so the point is is that I I like the way she backs off on the people probably can't accept the fact that lies are protected by the First Amendment, and they are. Yes. But we've gotten to the point because of hate speech and, oh, you don't want to hurt someone's feelings and the woke, uh, the woke mentality. That's
2: that's exactly what the Alex Jones trial is about.
4: It's seeped in so deep. Yeah. Yeah, it is actually Alex Jones it's It's seeped in so well, there's a liable issue, which is sketchy if you ask me, but that's okay, it, but it's seeped into the consciousness so much that she even can't, can't can get I- it out, take it on head on. Yeah. She can't say, yeah, yeah, it's fine, you can lie. It's a, it's a free speech issue. you can that's what the First Amendment protects. it protects your lying, but she can't do it. she's got it oh, you know, I don't know, people don't you know they're going to be uncomfortable <laughs> with this, which which means we're, we lost.
2: <laughs> well yeah this is this is five years ago talk maybe even 10 oh yeah i mean we lost what though really i mean okay so on twitter facebook who cares i i don't think that matters anymore people the people who matter are on to it and the 30 percent that are all in on whatever the government says they'll just wither away with uh, every bit that elon musk chips away at twitter it's just, it's just wilting 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 until no one cares anymore That's my view. Yeah. Uh, Luckily, we still have people speaking the truth. Dr. Ryan Cole, who is a pathologist, and this is the guy who noticed uh, uptick in cancers a year and a half ago. Uh, at the start of the vaccination campaign, and uh, this video has gone somewhat viral. And you, this. Ce- uh, by the way, I had to find it on Rumble. Obviously, Rumble. And you, <laughs> the cells
14: don't lie. The blood patterns. Hold on, don't, a you,
2: you got to hear the beginning
14: here. And you, the cells don't lie. The blood patterns don't lie. The dead people don't lie and the deposition of the lie. spike protein in tissues doesn't lie so you can attack me, you don't You don't have to like me uh, I've, I've lost some of my largest clients because they're like, oh you're too controversial, I'm like, controversial? I'm a pathologist, My I don't create a disease, I don't prevent a disease I am the reporter at the scene of the accident I report the disease, I'm observing patterns, we've definitely seen an uptick of many patterns that are unusual, pathologists are the quality control of medicine, attack me all you want, but that's your own insecurity and the fact that you can't come forth with data to counter what I am saying. And I'm not the only one seeing this. Oncologists everywhere I travel now in the country and the world been in France, been in England recently pathologists other physicians, oncologists, radiation oncologists, radiologists, they're seeing it. I was on a big Zoom call with a large group in New York yesterday. So One gal was talking to uh, the gal doing her mammogram, and she's yeah. seeing an uptick in breast cancers. And she said, are you kidding me? We're seeing tons of 20 and 30-year-olds coming in with breast cancer, and about 99% of people in their population are jabbed. And so a radiologist here just across the state calls me and says, I just saw 200 high grade breast cancers in 31 year uh, 231 year old women 4 weeks after their booster and chair of oncology at a large hospital in Florida just a month ago said hey doc thanks for speaking out I usually see a, uh, an aggressive brain cancer in a young patient about every decade or so I've seen five in the last month after the boosters and so left and right wherever I go the medical community is starting to speak up and confirm what I'm seeing in England uh, a week and a half ago same thing uh, doc came up to me a doctor from Ireland doctor from England nurse who's been in medicine for 30 years they're like hey we're seeing it and it's in young patients and it's aggressive and we have patients that have been cancer free for three four five years all their scans are clear they get that booster and now they have stage four disease again
4: so you know they can censor all- <laughs> that's a real actually that's a great clip but you know, uh, i like the way he says you know that are doing okay they get a booster boom boom you
2: got cancer stage four i mean so the point is yeah, they can censor all they want, but we'll still have Rumble. We still have podcasts. Rumble, Rumble. I mean,
4: it may only They'll be- shut down Rumble. They'll shut down Rumble before the end of twenty twenty three. Right,
2: but there's still well over a million people who listen to the best podcast in the universe. You know, they might might t- take some learnings from this. Maybe. You know, so we're we're getting stuff out and that's good. And and man, it's to a few. Again, I, I, I'm I'm really becoming very convinced that this is all just an immune immunity issue all of it it's you know that so the vaccine is not cancerous but you know you, your immune system gets blown out and then other stuff starts to take hold we know if you really crank up the pcr cycles you'll find everything in everybody every single disease known to man is in you as long as you look hard enough uh, but the one side effect that everyone has heard about with heart issues, clotting, myocarditis, periocarditis. They have a novel way of explaining this problem in Australia.
15: Thousands of home defibrillators are being rolled out in Australian homes with hopes that one day every household will have one. They weigh less than half a kilogram. They're easy to use if anyone suddenly collapses.
4: Oh! <laughs> Every year
8: in Australia, <laughs> around 25,000 people
5: go into sudden cardiac arrest. That's a 80% of those happen at home, but less than 3% survive. Sudden cardiac arrest is sudden, instant, surprising. You need
1: something immediate because after 10 minutes, it's virtually impossible to bring you back.
2: Yeah, so there's a whole promotion uh, going on in Australia. Get, get, you need a defibrillator at home. Everybody should have one. Why not? It makes so much sense. I find these things to oh, be. Where's those commercials on the wall. here? It sounds like an
4: opportunity.
2: Ooh, exit strategy. That's what I'm thinking. We could sell them in your car.
4: You could have them in your home. Oh, yeah, It plugs right into the, uh, the cigarette lighter.
2: Yes, yes. How about just uh, uh, a backpack for kids? For kids, backpack to, for school. Yeah, back to school. Got your defibrillator right there for your for your um, your classmates. Oh, well, this is this is a very interesting idea. And you know, we could build that ourselves. It's not hard. <laughs> you have the skills. It's just some, yeah, just a couple of transformers, and some caps, and a couple of paddles, good it to amp.
4: go. Boom! So, uh, something also good for a party. Party! It, it's parties. a great
2: party favor. Yes, it's great for parties. So, something that we were talking about when the vaccination campaign just started was. You know, we saw could there be an uptick of accidents, traffic accidents, air um air travel accidents, because maybe something is happening to the vaccinated. And I, I think we were skeptical because it didn't seem, you know, if you're looking for stuff, you'll find a lot of planes getting into trouble, not necessarily making the news all the time. But now this past weekend. Has been insane on the vaccine scene. Here's this actually this one came in from the clip custodian. I didn't even put it in my montage.
16: Now to a terrifying scene out of New Mexico. A driver plowed into a parade route, leaving several people injured, including
2: two police officers. Uh, but here's a, a quick little mini cut.
17: A multi-vehicle
16: crash at one busy Rialto intersection, leaving three people dead Monday evening. New video shows the moment one of those vehicles is engulfed in flames as first responders rush to the scene.
3: Watch about 10 seconds after the light turned green on Slauson, the driver of a speeding Mercedes-Benz zooms through her red light on La Brea. An eruption of car parts and flames as the five cars involved
18: finally stop moving. Not left
4: heard was a crash, an explosion. It was just a big explosion and the flames went over my whole car. The flames went over the car.
16: Actress Anne Hayes is seen flailing around on a gurney as firefighters put her into an ambulance after crashing her car into a Mar Vista home. A nearby ring video captures the star's blue Mini Cooper flying down Preston Way around 11 Friday morning. And then, moments later, you hear the car crash into this house on Walgrove Avenue. Authorities say she blew through a stop sign at a T-intersection, and instead of going left or right, continued straight, hit the curb, went airborne, and flew into the house. Her car burst into flames, which quickly engulfed the residence.
2: I mean, every single one of these is similar. It's someone at, at high speed, not stopping at a stop sign, intersection, or even a T. That was Anne Hayes. Yeah, she's apparently severely burned. So those are four well, different reports.
4: That's Ellen's uh, first girlfriend, wasn't
2: it? Or- yes, it was Ellen. Yes. When Ellen came out, uh, Hesh was her, uh, her girlfriend. Yeah. But these are four different. So three of those in California all this weekend. And they're, and they're all the same. And then the other one with the parade route. Something's going on. These are not your typical accidents where people just go. F- I mean, you should see the video. Just I saw speed. the
4: video of the parade route guy.
2: Yeah, well, the one that goes to the intersection is just bam, and you know, immediate flame. It's crazy. It's really, really nuts. So,
4: well, mm-hmm. yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, well, I mean, normally you just say, well, these are, you know, accidents happen, and there are all kinds of them, but you start ganging them up and they're all very similar in the style. Uh, maybe there's something to it.
2: Well, I think that uh if I were if I were to look at the grand scheme of things it seems pretty obvious to me that the pharmaceutical industry the food industry by default the the banking the the money industry they all want less of us they just want to kill us off as best they can <laughs> seriously
4: though they seriously and they I want don't to do. think bankers would want more of us. I don't get no, that, the, the thinking.
2: No, 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 no. I, the, the bankers are just along for the ride. I don't think they're a part of any strategy per se. They just want to be rich, and they've succeeded very well. The, do you know Dennis Meadows? Have you ever heard of him? He was no. um, Dennis Meadows, a scientist and emeritus professor of obviously University of New Hampshire, whatever. Uh, But he wrote. He was. He wrote the book "The Limits to Growth," Uh, and I think this was you know back in the uh, back in the the population bomb days. Uh, He was in the MIT seventy to seventy two. He was the director of the Club of Rome. There you go. No, the Club of Ah. Rome project on the predicament of mankind. These guys
4: were the worst. Yes. So I have a clip here, which we'll all be dead, but we're all dead since 2020. To the year 2000, according to them. There's nobody here. So th- this show, is nobody's listening to We're not even doing it.
2: Well, this is an interview when we still had 7 billion people on the planet. So what is that? Probably uh, late 80s. And this is the thinking. I want to know exactly.
4: I can tell yeah. you.
2: <laughs> Please. Yeah. And this is the thinking uh, of this uh, globalist, I would say No, eugenics- 7 billion.
4: 7 billion. We hit 7 billion between 200- 2010 and 2011. Oh, so this could be even newer
2: than that. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. Well, here he is. So far, globally, you are so
19: far above the population and the consumption levels which can be supported by this planet that I know in one way or another.
4: What? You know, this is the this is their problem. They have the same spiel. We can't sustain. We can't sustain. We've had no problem sustaining. Not everybody's happy. Well, but but they've never been happy. So what? I, this, this is nonsense right off the top.
2: No, I think this is an important clip. Of course it's nonsense, but it's an important clip because he will...
4: No, I didn't say it wasn't an important clip. I'm just <laughs> telling you that it is nonsense. That they, and he prefaces the whole speech with nonsense. It's ridiculous. I know. He's making it up. But that doesn't mean that he didn't say it. Lies! It's protected by the free speech. That's right. So
19: far, globally, you are so far above the population and the consumption levels which can be supported by this planet that I know in one way or another it's going to come back down. So I don't hope to avoid that. Uh, I hope that it can occur in a, a, a civil way. I, I, and I mean civil in a in a special way, peaceful. Peace doesn't mean uh, that everybody's happy, but it means that conflict isn't solved through violence, through through force, uh, but rather in other ways. And so uh, that's what I hope for. um, That we can, I mean, the planet can support something like a billion people. Maybe two billion, depending on how much liberty and how much material consumption you want to have. If you want more liberty and more consumption, you have to have fewer people. And conversely, you can have more people. I mean, we could even have eight or nine billion, probably, if we have a very strong dictatorship, which is smart. Unfortunately, you never have smart dictatorships; they're always stupid. So, but if you had a smart dictatorship. And a low standard of living, you can have, a, but it, but we want to have freedom and we want to have a high sentence, so we're going to have a billion people. And we're now at seven, so we have to get back down. I hope that this can be slow, relatively slow, and that it can be done in a way which is relatively equal, uh, you know, so that people share uh, the experience and you don't have a few rich, you know, trying to force everybody else to, to deal with it. So those are my hopes. I mean... These are
2: pretty pessimistic hopes, you know. All right, so here's my takeaway from this obvious eugenesis. He just believes that there's too many people, and uh, now he's not really into the eugenic side because he wants to reduce the human population equally so everybody, no, you can't just live longer because you got money. So, you know, virus is a great way to do that. But maybe even more important... Is his realization that if we can't slow people down, we need to have a dictatorship. And he says several times, a smart dictatorship. And I think that is what is going on now. While we're trying to figure out how to reduce the human resources by debasing their our food, as an example. You know, how many people have shown those pictures of the 1970s versus today and, the, and just the body shapes of the American population. And then wonder why. Um... You know, he's saying, well, we should have a a smart dictatorship, which to me is QR codes, you know, tracking, all of this shit. I think this is the program. Figure out a way to kill people humanely, slowly. You don't want people to notice it. You know, just have a couple people drop dead of a heart attack or some blood clots, you know, drive through the the intersection, you know, get cancer. To me, uh, this is the epiphany I've had. They're killing us. And it's and it's well underway and probably unstoppable unless you opt out on a personal level.
4: What was this epiphany? When did this happen? It happened after I saw Bill Maher.
2: I think you have the clip, actually.
4: Well, the clip I have of Bill Maher is a uh, is it's, a, is, a, is one of the offbeat clips where he's fat shaming. That's somebody.
2: exactly the one. That's exactly the clip. That's the one that gave me the epiphany.
4: You've had, okay, I'm going to stop here. This is bullcrap. You've had this epiphany for as, almost as long as I've known you. No, I didn't realize, no, what I didn't realize is the food part. That part I hadn't figured
2: out. And that's what Bill Maher, all of a sudden he goes, oh, look at this. I'm like, "Oh, I see what's no, happening." Yeah, it's
4: different. This is, I'm sure this is not the clip you're thinking of. Okay, what I what I
2: saw him, he had a whole rant about how fat people are and and that yeah, we yeah. have 40% of the Americans are obese. And he yeah. and he sits there and says, "Hey man, eat less cake, but that's not the problem." That's my epiphany. They're killing us very, very, very slowly with by debasing our food. Just debasing well, it. We have, we're well, not then, eating food
4: my my semi-annual uh McDonald's uh, big Mac report I think reflects this let's hear it well I, I, I said it recently I, I every six months I have a big Mac because yeah. I'm uh, familiar with the original mm-hmm. and I'm familiar with the formulation on the original because the Morehouse mustard guys which used to be in El Cerrito I'm sorry in Emeryville George ladder to to be specific, one of the owners mm-hmm. gave me the lecture about the fresh horseradish and all the stuff that they did for that original burger. And over time, it's been everything's powdered, and then they don't even care. <laughs> and the last burger that I bought for the last Big Mac, which was a few weeks ago, I could eat only maybe swallow one bite. Maybe you know, try to get the second bite down. I had to chunk it up with a knife and give it to the dog. It was inedible it was totally inedible i could not eat the damn burger and yet during the
2: lockdowns the only thing that was available was fast food was this was this nasty shit
4: so the fat shaming clip which you might as well play yeah. uh is yeah. really because it's targeted it's targeted at chris christie
2: ah, and- <laughs> i didn't even realize that i was so blown away that bill mark couldn't figure out why everyone's fat in america
4: so the Chris Christie clip was aimed, and this is not from the show; it's from the after-show. And I just thought, you know, here's another one of these liberals, even though he's kind of a dubious liberal, a uh, like guilt uh, guilt trip liberal, Uh fat-shaming. And I just thought it was abhorrent. But play it.
19: I, I think DeSantis has a shot. Yeah. Oh, he's got more than a shot. Yeah. I mean, he's. He, I think he won the straw poll in New Hampshire, and
16: uh, uh, he, he feels a little Christie-esque to me, like he's peaking right now, but he's not actually
19: going to like. land the plane. Oh, no. Well, he's not (laughs) Christy-esque.
20: He is very Christy-esque.
19: No. Christy's twice the man he is.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but you know, did you see the the full show where he did the whole fat segment? No, that was his callback. And he's on YouTube, so he thinks he can do whatever he wants. By the way, that Liz Smith woman, I hope we see a lot of her. What an
4: idiot. Yeah, she's pretty bad.
2: She is really stupid. Anyway, um, this all comes together in this next clip from Canadian
4: Member of Parliament. Uh, what is her name here? By the way, Duchovny's no genius. No. no. It really comes it out does, It in does. The, it
2: does come out, doesn't it? In the
4: after session. It does. <laughs> um,
2: this is... Hold on a second. Uh, Leslyn Lewis. And since we're talking about food intelligence and, of course, this plays right into climate change, which we'll get to... Uh, she is now going to explain what net zero means. Net zero. This is the, and this is the term that everybody's using. Net zero. Twenty thirty. Twenty fifty. Whatever you want. Net zero. Net zero. And she's going to explain what kind of hell net zero really is.
17: This whole net zero is a nobody has ever asked. To define net zero and that's what the farmers are fighting over right now because Canada. the government of Holland and Sri Lanka and, and here has defined net zero and I'm going to give you an example you eat a piece of steak that steak, the carbon footprint is calculated by every single thing that that cattle consumed up until you ate it and then the fat that you ate it that's that's what the carbon footprint is. And so the nitrogen in the soil, the feed, the transportation of the feed, everything is calculated.
2: That that is, the, I think, the, what they call the new asset class. So all of those steps, all of those processes will be owned somehow like some legal nft or something you can trade on every single bit of that process
17: and then they do an equation and then they say it's not sustainable and the problem is is that Ah. even for agricultural production where farmers have gone to even zero um tillage and has invested in technology and they thought that that would have been enough and that's what the, the the government in holland said that would have been enough then they changed the rules and they said no it's not enough all that money you invested I'm sorry it still doesn't meet net zero and that's the problem because a net zero calculation is almost like it's sorcery almost because when you look at an electric car and if you're going to do a net zero calculation on an electric car and you look at a coal mine or even a computer too, a coal mine or a lithium mine and you look at the degradation of that and then you look at the fact that five-year-old African children are working in those mines and you then you look at the battery in an electric car and how it gets disposed of afterwards and the years that it would take to break down that battery and you do a carbon footprint on that, you would see that that is far more damaging than agriculture. But it's agriculture what is being attacked. And that's why I believe that there's an agenda.
2: Yeah. (laughs) It's the agenda of bugs. This makes so much sense. Remove all healthy food. I mean, it's like it's just like uh, we were complaining during the lockdown. It lockdowns. only makes
4: sense to a maniac.
2: During the lockdowns, there was not a single person said, hey, here's what you can do to strengthen your immune system. Make sure you get a little bit of sunshine or maybe take some vitamin D. No, instead, we're eating processed shit that has no nutritional value and we're jacked on pharma. <laughs> it's just, they're going to succeed. We'll never hit eight billion.
4: We'll hit eight billion. I think we're already at eight billion. No, Where well. are
2: we at? Well, no. uh, we're probably around eight billion.
4: Yeah, just, I think we're yeah we're at yeah. seven seven nine four as of twenty twenty. So probably close. And India's going to pass China, which is going to be the more interesting of the two yeah. phenomenons.
2: Yeah. Uh, anyway, so. Did you see uh, the the climate uh, the climate crisis emergency in Washington DC?
4: No. No, I didn't. Oh. Brief me.
2: Yes, Washington DC lightning strike that killed three offers climate oh, warning. I have the
4: clip. I have uh, the clip. Oh, does it offer a climate warming warning? I cut it off, but and I think it was from <laughs> NTD so they don't do that, but uh, uh, somebody this, got hit by somebody I thought it was like it seemed like uh they were testing some gear. <laughs> and
2: uh <laughs> it's 5g hey, th- th- but this but is was
4: five- <laughs> <laughs> that 5g is really powerful this is reuters W-T-F-, wtf oh well this is- mine's wtf what the fuck lightning in dc
11: police but, uh, say the devices. two people who were critically injured in a lightning strike outside the white house have died wow
4: gee i have a better clip than that about the lightning. well I, it was <laughs> only the, it was a short five second clip for the reason that It was just outside the White House. Yeah, hold on. Overseas tonight, a devastating lightning strike in Cuba. Oh, no, that's uh, Cuba. Um, But Reuters
2: says the lightning strike offers a climate warning. His climate change. Yeah, these are climate change victims. Scientists, right here. And you can fact check it because it's Reuters. Scientists say that climate change is increasing the likelihood of lightning strikes across the United States after lightning struck at a square near the White House, leaving three people dead and one other in critical condition. The hot, humid conditions in Washington, D.C. on Thursday were primed for electricity. Really? That's interesting. So, there you go. It's climate change. Yeah,
4: okay. There's never been lightning strikes before. Well,
2: one more... um, Food, climate change clip here from New Zealand. Uh, everything is starting to, to lock down, just like in the Netherlands with the farmers. <laughs> Funny story. So, you know, the Netherlands, we now know that the whole idea is to reduce the farmland, to take the farmland to build 900,000 homes to start this tri, tri-state cities project uh, which uh, brings the Netherlands, Belgium, and parts of Germany into one megacity, as you would call it, a bedroom community. Uh, here's the rub, though. Uh, uh, where they're building those 900,000 new homes in Holland, yeah, they won't be allowed to have cars. <laughs> so the minister has come out and said, there will be no cars in that area. We'll have great transportation. What? Yeah, you can't have a car. No, can, no car.
4: No car. Wait a minute. How no. many, what was the number again? 900,000. With no cars, no cars. Mm-hmm. Oh, I mean, now this is where they, you know, they they get, they try to get away with stuff. This is typical. Let's see what we can get away with. You are you going too far with that one, Bill? Oh, no, no. I think I. You guys now, they, they bought into this. They'll buy into that. Now and they, so now, no cars. Sure. I mean, it's
2: so severe that Spotify won't even play the cars in the Netherlands. I mean, I'm just telling you, it's, it's so <laughs> bad.
3: oh, Whoa, you yeah. got a writer now. Yeah, I know. Here's New Zealand. With a population of just 5 million, New Zealand's carbon footprint is relatively small. Its hoofprint, however, is through the roof. And now, in a world first, New Zealand farmers will have to pay a tax for every one of the methane-emitting 10 million cattle and 26 million sheep that roam the scenic countryside. The farmers will be able to mitigate their tax burden if they lower emissions by modernizing their operations. Modernizing! Where the program could fail is if farmers pick up and move their operations to another country.
2: When you shut down farms and they go someplace else, then that doesn't mean that the demand for these products that these farms used to produce all of a sudden ceases to exist. The demand is still there and will be satisfied by somebody
3: else, elsewhere in the world. And that means that emissions will simply shift from one place to another. Cows and sheep are ruminant animals, meaning they have four-chambered stomachs that act like fermentation vats that create methane, 95% of which comes right out of their mouths. As far as greenhouse gases go, methane traps up to 36 times more heat in the atmosphere than carbon dioxide does. And that's bad. But while the carbon dioxide we emit today will stick in the atmosphere for centuries, methane dissipates in far less time. The
19: good news is that methane is short-lived. It only lives about a decade in the atmosphere, and then it's killed, it's destroyed.
3: New Zealand is hoping for the kind of success seen in California, which has reduced the methane produced by its dairy farms by 30%. However, California did it through incentives, not taxes.
2: Yeah, well, we have all kinds of incentives. The Pope uh, sent a letter to the EU Youth, youth Conference and uh, said, hey, stop eating so much meat. <laughs> the Pope
4: yeah, that, but he's from Argentina. Right, like
2: Meet Central.
4: It does Meet Central. Yeah, go retire so he's already. Like he's, the guy is a bad guy. Yeah, this it, is not a good pope. I know, I'm sorry I
2: called him. But he's retiring soon. It's done, which I also called. He's retiring. Which is
4: kind of odd. Of course it's odd. I guess but, it's a new trend in the church for the pope to come in for a while and then quit. Well,
2: no, it's it, this will usher in the... There's
4: the Antichrist.
2: No, well, I don't know about that, but the Great Reset for sure. The Queen dies. Joe Biden dies. The Pope resigns. New round, new chances, new leaders. Question is, who's it going to be? And how is Joe? By the way, he's on day seven now of uh, COVID. Still,
4: I don't know what the latest is. I think he's voluntary like that they still want to, the doctor still won't talk to or they won't let won't, won't they the do- where yeah. they are the Valerie Jarrett won't <laughs> let the doctor talk to anybody because he has to answer questions yeah and he doesn't want to say anything because I guess Joe's got other issues oh really he seems well he said he had cancer in those old clips
2: <laughs> he seems quite healthy I don't know he seems quite spry he does <laughs>
4: <laughs> no. let's play a couple Biden clips get him out of the way alright please <laughs> Here is an interesting one. I thought uh, this is just this is Biden talking about his granddad as, as a football player.
6: We know, there's an old expression on baseball coach of the Dodgers years ago. Leo Durocher said, I'd rather have Lady Luck sitting on my bench than skill. <laughs> my grandfather was an All American football player at Santa Clara in the turn of the century. You say, no, I'd rather have luck and skill on the bench. <laughs> <laughs> huh?
4: So his granddad was a football player. I don't know his position, but he was at Santa Clara, which is a small school in California around 1900. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's no way he was an All-American. That's a lie. Oh, his grandfather? That, yeah, there's no way. That's not possible. I would like to see some doc- I, I tried to find <laughs> the documentation that he I saw his picture,
2: I like but I like- couldn't find it. This is a lie. A Nobody lie. calls him out on his lie. Well, you just did it. Well, way to
4: go. Here's another one that's interesting. This is, uh, t- he's describing here his home life as a kid, and I thought there was an interesting little tidbit in here.
6: Like I said, I was raised in one of those households where when the price of a, a gallon of gasoline went up it was a topic of discussion around the kitchen table. We weren't poor. We were just a typical middle-class family in a three-bedroom house with four kids and a grandpa. But all kidding aside, it and it, we lived fine. What is What's he, he all what is kidding he
2: aside?
4: Oh, yeah. Not a joke. What's he kidding about? It's not hyperbole. That's right, Jack. It's all kidding aside. So his granddad, which may have been the football player, was living there. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. He didn't say which granddad. Uh, okay. So he's talking about... I was not. I'm not nearly as old as that guy, but I would say, I don't remember as a little kid... My parents ever talking about the price of gasoline at the <laughs> dining room table? Do you yeah. remember your parents ever talking about the price of gasoline? It's bull oh, crap. Okay, hold on a second.
2: My mom had severe financial trauma issues, so things did come up. Yeah, and you know what? You know when it when it really hit, and it wasn't per se about gasoline. When we were just living in the Netherlands, and my my dad was being paid in U.S. dollars. Uh, And the exchange rate was completely out of whack. First of all, there was 95% income tax. And because of us being paid in U.S. dollars, we weren't getting enough Dutch guilders or whatever the problem was. And I just remember my mom always looking terrified about a change in... Um, uh, in the exchange rate. And then, of course, we actually had the oil crisis where they they closed down all roads on Sundays in the Netherlands. The carless Sunday.
4: Hey, well, at least they had one uh, look at what's going to happen to the 900,000 houses.
2: (laughs) This is what it's like,
4: people! Except without the highway. Okay, this is the last clip I have. This is about kids going to school.
6: have no idea what the recovery plan did, what the government did at all. I mean, the reason why we still had teachers in school, kids going to school, the reason why we had cops in the beat, the reason why we had essential workers, states couldn't afford it, cities couldn't afford
2: it, towns couldn't afford it, counties couldn't afford it. What it wait a minute. The reason why we had kids going to school is because they couldn't afford it? Wait a minute. Let me hear this again.
4: He has, claims... I'm going to tell you the up on this. He claims that the Recovery Act that gave through a couple billion, oh, a trillion into the population right. was because... For some unknown reason, nobody could afford to pay the cops, even though they were paying the cops fine until COVID. <laughs> and and so the recovery, which has caused the inflation, he's saying it didn't cause the inflation. Right. Uh and that's why kids are still going to school. Kids didn't go to school. The kids were kept out of the school, except the private schools where they still went to school right. because the private schools were outside the system. But no, that's bull. This whole thing is a lie. Now, I may have some
2: insight into what happened to our president. Uh, the sometimes spokeshole for the White House, typically Pentagon, but now he's teamed up with the... Uh, Karine Abdul Jean Pierre Van, Van Damme. He's ready to pounce. He's. <laughs> He's ready to pounce. He was asked a very interesting question about the president's COVID status. President Biden uh, may, have began to have, may have begun to have symptoms
8: about four days after returning from Saudi Arabia. Has the U.S. government ruled out the, uh, the possibility that the Saudi government may have deliberately exposed the president to
2: the coronavirus? I love this question. Did the Saudis infect Biden deliberately with the coronavirus?
8: Has the U.S. government ruled out the, uh, the possibility that the Saudi government... They have deliberately exposed the president to the coronavirus? <laughs> I, I, I think I should re- refer to Corrine on that question uh, in terms of oh, talking about the, the president's...
2: No, no, no. He, she was She was like, uh, she's deer in the headlights on this.
8: Refer to Corrine on that question uh, in terms of talking about the president's medical condition. That's out of my scope, but, 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 but... But, 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 I, but, but, but... I don't know but, where but, this idea is coming from. I, I don't know what prompted you to ask it that way but the idea that a foreign nation state would would deliberately try to infect the president of the united states with a virus is just ludicrous just absolutely ludicrous there's nothing to it and it should be treated as the
2: as the ridiculous idea that that it is
4: it's crazy
2: a nation state would never do
4: that wow never. what a bunch of bull crap that is never we,
2: no and the russians never have the umbrellas with the pricker
4: yeah we wouldn't ever try to get an exploding cigar into into fidel castro's box we'd never try to give
2: hugo chavez cancer that would be crazy no nation no, state does that no what was the other one there's another oh uh, during we, the the um, uh the church commission crazy to think that the CIA has a dart gun that can give you a heart attack. No, it's gun. crazy. Yeah. They held that thing up in Congress. They showed yeah, the hey, gun. Yeah, look at this. They did. <laughs> look at this. Hey, look at this. Yeah. No, 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 no. There'll be none of that. Well, you know what? Here's another crazy thing. I, I, I wasn't actually going to play this, but it now comes into play. There's a guy who went on a, they may have captured him at this point. He went on a shooting spree in uh ohio uh killing i think four people his name is stephen marlowe and he left a um, uh, an instagram video explaining what he was doing and uh and of course that he's not crazy
18: so mom dad kevin Kerry, brendan um i just want you to know i love you more than you will ever know um i could not have asked for a better family What you cannot comprehend is that we have been attacked by this weapon our entire lives, and the attack against me personally is one of the most vicious attacks a human being um, has ever faced. I have tolerated the most inhumane torture in hopes that the FBI and CIA would come to my defense, but they have failed to come to my aid. My only hope is that you come to understand what has happened here. When the world realizes what has happened, there will be justice, but I cannot sit by and be a victim any longer, and I refuse to sit by and do nothing while my nieces and nephews and the rest of my family are operated on with mind control. Our thoughts are not private. It is disgusting and it is cruel. I will be launching the first counterattack against mind control in human history. I want to be very clear, this will not be an active shooting event. I will be executing some of the people responsible for activating shooters. Um, If I happen to survive, please visit me in prison, if only to see the same man you have always known, rather than the victim of some mental disorder that does not exist. What you may not understand is that I will gladly die to expose this, and I will gladly die to help one other victim discover the truth of what has happened. If I can help another targeted individual fight back against telepathy, then the sacrifice will be well worth it. To any TIs who read this, understand that your attackers use the form of ventriloquism I describe in the paper to move your thoughts, but your thoughts can also move their mouths. To my friends in Chicago, Lexington, Dayton, and all over the world, get this email out to everyone you know, the most horrific weapon ever made is being used on human beings, and if you ever learn the truth, you will understand what I did here to protect myself and my family. Get this out to other TIs, other voice hearers, so the world has a chance to fight back. Um, to my family, especially my nieces and nephews, I want you to understand that what I do here, I do for your future and hope that you can live a life free of mind control. Wow. Wow.
4: Wow, that's a good catch. I never heard this. I just found out about it myself. And, you know, we have. Well, they've been, they've obviously, they've been keeping some. They. <laughs> they've right. been keeping it suppressed. I'm giving you a clip of the day for digging that thing up.
2: Clip of the
4: day. And we've seen like the shipyard. Well, wait, the, before, the, yeah. well I mean it would be before the, any analysis, mm-hmm. exactly who were the people he killed. Uh oh, I have
2: it here somewhere. Uh that I, hold on a second. Where's my videos? Uh I will have to find it for you. It's somewhere here uh i don't know i don't off offhand i don't know seems important yes it does now that you mention that I, but i got my clip of the day already so who gives a shit
4: yeah damn it <laughs> but we have I go, otherwise <laughs> i would have ah, given you a clip of the day
2: <laughs> so but the point is he sounds reasonably together
4: and, Sounds very together and, <laughs> in the science fiction way.
2: But we've heard a lot of, and I don't know if he's former military. That wouldn't surprise me, because you know we had the Navy shipyard. And, you know the guys are the same thing. Voices in my head. We've had, you know, let's let's remember the um, the embassies that have people have been targeted and they're getting migraines and other things. And MK Ultra, which was real, a real program.
4: So who knows? Who knows? Well, that's where I'd be interested to see who he shot. Uh, I'm going to find. Well, he said he's is, targeting his tormentors.
2: Yeah. So we'll, we'll find out. We'll find out. Uh, well, since we're on conspiracies, want to do a, a couple real quick?
4: Uh, yeah, nuts. <laughs> what happens? I kicked a keyboard. Uh-oh. And then I erased a... Uh, an important document. A donation note from someone.
2: <laughs> Can you do a,
4: a control Z? I just did it. and It didn't come. bring it back. Oh, I hate it when that happens. No, I'll just make sure you have to read this one. Oh, okay. Uh,
2: Dan Crenshaw here
4: in Texas. Oh, yeah, your buddy. Ah, I think it worked. You
2: got it. So Dan Crenshaw um, really fell out of favor during- Everybody the, hates him. Yeah, yeah. They call him, what does uh, Alex Stein call him? ipatch uh, McCain, which is very rude. <laughs> yeah, Eyepatch McCain. Eyepatch right. McCain. Uh, you know, I think the, 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 some of the problems that people had here in Texas was uh, he wanted a centralized vaccination uh, database and registry. And huh. then he showed up uh, as, or he shows up as a, a World Economic Forum Young global leader, and we've right. talked about this. That yeah. was
4: the, that was his that was his mistake.
2: <laughs> well, same with Tulsi Gabbard. She's also a young global leader, which just puts a little bit of a stench on you because it
4: puts a big stench on
2: you. It yeah. makes you untrustworthy. <laughs> now, if, if you okay, yeah, um,
4: this is long COVID.
2: If um if you showed up all of a sudden as a young global leader on the World Economic Forum website,
4: what yeah. would you do? What I do? Yeah. I'd start to talk about how great it would be if we had one world government,
2: <laughs> and in all seriousness, if you were against it, would you say take me off your website?
4: Oh, oh, you mean in other words, if I showed up and I wasn't really—I, w- I just showed up on the list there, and you said, "Hey, John, by the way, did you know you're on the list for? I, yes. What would I do? I would, I would get a hold of somebody and tell them to take me off the damn list right now, or I'm suing you, right."
2: Because it's a bunch of globalist pricks that you want nothing to do with. Yeah, it would be bad
4: for this show, that's for sure.
2: Yes, and so, you know, you'd make a big deal out of that.
4: And um, now I can see where other people would be like, oh, I'm so honored. Oh, no, there's plenty of people that would think it was cool. (laughs) Well, let's see what Dan Crenshaw
20: thought. So the latest conspiracy theory about me, and there are many, and they're kind of hilarious, and people love to click on them. One of the latest ones is that I'm secretly part of the World Economic Forum. That's right, so the conspiracy goes like this. Um, Even though I vote uh, completely opposite to their values, everything I say and do is completely antithetical to everything the World Economic Forum stands for. That there's this belief that secretly I'm a card-carrying member. Um, It's not true, (laughs) never collaborated with them, there's no correspondence with them, there's no membership, there's nothing. The reason people latch on to this, for those of you don't know, and you probably don't even know what the World Economic Forum is
2: Oh 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 I'm sorry, Dan. We're so stupid we don't even know what the World Economic Forum is? Okay.
20: The reason people latch on to this, for those of you don't know, and you probably don't even know what the World Economic Forum is a few yeah. years ago, in 2019, like every year they publish a list of like up and coming leaders, and they put me on the list. I rose to fame very, very quickly uh, in 2019, and so they add me to the list. There's no correspondence that occurs. There's, there's again, there's no membership. There's no meetings. Never been to Davos. And <sighs> I think we need to put the conspiracy back in the box where it belongs, and uh, let's try not to turn our politics into. Harry Springer show. Thanks everybody.
2: Yeah, not believable. That's just not believable. They just they just put people on the list because he rose to fame. Notice he likes the fame part.
4: Yeah, he sees uh, thinks he's very highly of himself by saying that over and over. Douchebag. Uh, <laughs> sorry, S- <laughs> slipped out. <laughs> yeah, it's <that's> well timed. <laughs> yeah, slipped out. So now.
2: Here's the most elitist thing I've seen, uh, and it happened last weekend. It was the 2022 Commonwealth Games, and and I've only seen about about 35 minutes of the opening ceremony. Dude, this was on par with the crazy tunnel. Uh, it, it was it was complete. Uh like, you know, Moloch worship. <laughs> Just all all the weird, creepy, elitist things that you'd expect from the globalists at the Commonwealth Games, which were held in Birmingham, England, of all places.
4: Well. So here here's joke. Yes. Well they would they have some some I think some soccer stadium, this stuff in Birmingham. No, of course uh, there is. Th- of course. And it has to be in one of the Commonwealth countries, I guess. Whatever the Commonwealth is, well, the British Commonwealth—you know, United States, Canada, New Zealand, Australia—it's the same as Five Eyes, and I think Uh, they have a couple (laughs) African. Let's just call it what it is: the Five five Eyes eyes games. uh,
2: games. Five Eyes games, exactly. So here's some of the official uh, opening ceremony as uh, played on the BBC.
14: But of course, for all the colour and noise, the characters, the invention, there was a dark side to the Industrial Revolution, a darker side to the bull ring.
10: As the beat pound to remind us of the relentless drive of industry. They drag a beast, a bull, 10 metres high.
14: Enraged by injustice, the bull breaks free and causes pandemonium.
10: Bulls were baited and sold here in the city century for centuries.
14: It's no doubt going to be up to Stella and the Dreamers to try
2: and halt the bull.
10: Stella offers friendship and compassion to tame the beast.
2: Then they got women, you know, pulling chains, in chains. Oh, my
4: God. By the way, I want to make, before somebody starts writing in, the United States is not part of the English, British Commonwealth. No, um, no. That, that would, but they are part of Five Eyes. I'm going to continue. Yeah, I like the yeah, Five no, it Eyes it sounds game. disgusting. It sounds totally uh, satanic.
2: So now here's a little piece from Rumble. Where someone did what I always want us to do live And they did their own commentary over the Commonwealth Games Link in the show notes
10: The 72 Dreamers are on their way to Brum And we have liftoff for the 22nd
18: Commonwealth Games We do indeed, Hazel
15: And it's so great to hear the story of young Birmingham lads Like Kadal Achbudali <laughs> Really, really is the second and city Abbey of England Ali, Who whispered
18: his hopes and dreams He went on to represent the refugee team At the World Athletics Championships in London in 2017 Thank you, Thank Andrew, you for finally mentioning refugees. We haven't
15: minutes. spoken about refugees here since we mentioned Kadal Akh well, one years second we've been ago. Down in our houses,
10: <laughs> our villages, our cities, and our countries, now we can travel again and meet up in new neighbourhoods. In fact, we're building a new neighbourhood here. How's this for a courtyard
17: of the Commonwealth?
15: Really, is perfect scene in Birmingham here. Weird flying houses, strange dancing, celebrating the United Nations refugees Kadal Akh This really does say the Commonwealth Games. It really does. Tower of Birmingham now. Sorry, I mean the Tower of Babel. Weird drummer. Purple. Strange graffiti. Lovely to see the crowd looking stunned and bewildered in the background as the satanic ritual continues on in front of the beautiful Tower of Babel. 72
14: hosies, Stella, and 71 other dreamers are brought from around the world, around the Commonwealth to Birmingham, representing the 72 nations competing.
2: There you go. We need to do some of that.
4: Yeah, the British understatement makes it work well with something like what you saw there. I should go look at this. This sounds terrible. Oh, it's fantastic. And it's actually disgusting. I think these people should be ashamed of themselves, but what are you going to do?
2: They have no shame. Yeah, no, shame. Shame. no shame, no shame, no shame, no
4: shame, no shame. How about a little bit about Ukraine before we? Uh, move oh
2: yes, on? oh yes. I'm very excited about Ukraine. I have, I have stuff. Well,
4: I got a series of clips here, and most of them involve the Amnesty International report saying they are a bunch of pricks and assholes and and chronic criminals.
2: <laughs> what?
4: What? And so uh, next, you're going to tell have, me they got Nazis up there? Uh, so I have two series there. The one series is just an update on uh, from. New Tang Dynasty, and then I have the NPR report. But let's start with this. This is Ukraine. And let me give a little background on this. This is Ukraine nonsense update. And why I call it nonsense update? Because whatever happens, it always boils down to Zelensky... Screaming and hollering and whining about the fact that we need to give him more money. So here we go.
11: And over in Ukraine, President Zelensky says a report by Amnesty International about the country cannot be tolerated. He says the report equates the victim and the aggressor. The human rights group accused Ukraine of endangering civilians. It says Ukraine based its troops in residential areas during Russia's invasion. Kiev likened the report to Russian propaganda and disinformation. The report said amnesty workers saw Ukrainian forces establishing bases and operating weapons systems in residential areas. That's during their visits to several frontline areas in Ukraine's east and south from April to July. Zelensky made a televised late-night address. He said Russia had deliberately targeted civilians, and he mentioned many atrocities that he said have been committed by Russia but have not been included in any reports. The Ukrainian leader also asked the European Union to release $8 billion for Ukraine that's currently blocked, adding that Ukraine cannot be held hostage to their indecision or bureaucracy.
2: (laughs) Zelensky's coke dealer needs some money.
4: So they can't be held hostage. So give us the money. Hey, hey, hey! I can't be held hostage. Give me the money. That's
2: right. What?
4: Wait, wait. What? Let me get. Let me get the logic. No, out
2: he's straight. he's over his skis, man.
4: So here we go with the actual, an in depth, a little more, more in depth. This actually is the only part of the longer uh, bit they did on on uh, NPR. PBS because or NPR because they were concerned. You know, that this may be unfair, this Amnesty International report, (laughs) because it's, you know, targeting these poor Ukrainians who are just doing what they have to do. But so let's go. Amnesty report one. On Thursday, the human rights group
21: Amnesty International published a scathing report accusing the Ukrainian military of stationing its troops near civilian areas in ways that may amount to war crimes. Almost as quickly as it was released, Ukrainian and international experts condemned the report as misleading. Joining us now from Kiev is NPR's Yulian Haida, who's been following this for
22: us. Welcome. Hi, Daniel. First question, is the Amnesty report credible? Well, critics from Ukraine's president on Down say that the report amounts to disinformation. And Amnesty's own Ukraine office says that the foreign-based researchers glossed over critical information that can be easily manipulated or misunderstood. Now, I don't think there's much doubt that what the researchers saw is technically true, that there are situations where soldiers are quartered in homes next to civilians, that Ukrainian troops do spend time inside of vacant hospitals and schools and so on. My colleagues and I have even seen some examples of this. Hmm. And that can theoretically set a bad precedent where Russians returning fire might miss and kill some bystanders. Amnesty says Ukraine should do better at evacuating civilians from the areas that they're operating in, uh, but Ukraine's defense ministry says that they've done that. Thousands of people either can't or won't leave.
23: Hmm.
4: Yeah, it sounds like this guy's not uh, – it's almost as though it's like you have to – no, we have to take the side of Ukraine on this, so soften, your, soften the blow. And the guys, the guys going, well, you know, I kind of saw that when I was over there, and well, you know, you can misinterpret it, I guess, and there's been, so he's wishy-washy.
2: Well, the wind is a changing in Ukraine. I can see the media narrative shifting slowly. I, I, I don't think
4: Zelensky is safe. Well, yeah, you've been of the opinion he's a dead walking dead man, walking to dead part man. two. Yes, okay. If, dead, and what the amnesty researchers documented is
21: true, as you say, what is the criticism against the report?
22: Yeah, so the criticism mostly comes down to what the report doesn't say, as opposed to what it does say. Uh, the report implies okay. that Ukraine may be committing war crimes and says that soldiers' actions might be interpreted as using civilians as human shields. So, I talked to the report's author, Donatella Rivera, who's very well-known in this area of human rights research, and Uh she said that being in schools and hospitals isn't strictly against international law, and so critics are asking, who gets to determine – what is or isn't within the bounds of international law? How far do soldiers need to be away from civilians, especially in cases of defensive urban warfare, to be within the bounds of legal warfare? It's just too ambiguous.
4: Hmm. hmm. This report has... Hmm. Is that the NPR follow-up? Uh, hmm. That guy, that yeah, that, Amy Goodman does this too. Hmm. Huh. Hmm. The hmm. bounds of legal warfare. Hmm. It's just too hmm.
2: ambiguous. Hmm. Hmm. We should practice that. That's very professional. Hmm. 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 hmm.
4: hmm. Yeah, we hmm. should.
21: Okay. This report has made a lot of people pretty mad in Ukraine, right?
22: Yeah, it's been the talk of the streets for days. There's even a viral meme that the organization might change its name to something like Shamnesty International. (laughs) Now, one of the reasons for this is because Russia has been trying to justify its invasion of Ukraine since before it even happened. And Ukrainians are mad that Russian media has really run with this amnesty report, and they've jumped onto some of those implied conclusions that Ukrainians are all war criminals. (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> it's a transitional criminal government. It's like hello, Gee, let me, hello. Let's people. see the
4: report comes out, and then the Russians run with it. <laughs> wow, why? I wonder. I wonder. It's crazy. <laughs> Jeez, those guys, those Russians, they ran with a report that was looked bad. Okay, uh, let's now go to the end well, of this. A question: yeah?
2: sure. Why do you think uh, Am- Amnesty International is typically? A globalist organization who would be all in. For them to do this, that to me means a shift in the global narrative.
4: That you might be onto something there. All right, let's listen to the third. I talked to Ila
22: Lozovsky from the Organized Crime and Corruption Reporting Project, which, just like Amnesty, monitors compliance with international law in Ukraine. He says the amnesty report was written so clumsily it borders on negligent.
18: God forbid, you know, some explosion in a shelter in a hospital that kills 50 people, the Russians are going to say, well, look, even Amnesty International said the Ukrainians are making us do this.
22: What's interesting is that Amnesty International itself has reported plenty of cases where Russians have attacked civilian sites without any pretext of returning fire, like the time that the Russians bombed a theater in Mariupol where civilians were sheltering back in March. Ukrainians say there wouldn't have been any dead civilians at all if Russia hadn't invaded in the first place. Ukraine's foreign minister says any suggestion Ukraine provokes attacks is simply untrue and amounts to victim-blaming.
2: Hmm. Victim-blaming? Oh, boy. It's victim-shaming. <laughs> victim-shaming. I can't do that. I'm going to throw some uh, some gas on your fire there that you've lit. CBS had an hour-long report, an in-depth report, about the arming of Ukraine, which, as we already figured out is a mess. Thirty percent of the weapons that are sent over make it to their intended destination. Seventy percent just gone. The whole every shithole country is now armed. We've got Serbia and we've got Serbia uh kicking off now. You know, there's all kinds of crap going on there. Who knows if they got some of those weapons. So for CBS to do this, which to me means that's got to be CIA hitting out approved at, at the DIA.
4: Yeah, this is uh, this is where you get your uh, the narrative changing because these guys are trigger. Uh, they're the ones who put out the uh, the signage. Hey, look. Yep. Apples for sale. Here's five <laughs> cents.
2: Here's uh, the kind of the trailer, the promo for this hour long special.
6: In the past two months, we've moved weapons and equipment to Ukraine at record speed. Drones, grenade launchers, machine guns. We're seeing this incredible
5: historic flow of weapons coming into Ukraine. Do we have any sense as to where they're going?
16: We don't know.
5: There is really no information
2: as to where they're going. Uh, I told you. you know, all this stuff goes through the border,
5: and then kind of like something happens, it kind of like, you know, 30%, maybe, we just find that estimation. 30%? Are you concerned about weapons getting in the wrong hands?
2: I don't care at all whether that happens. What sort of a unit do you command?
15: Can't say. Okay. You know, there are, like, power lords, uh, oligarchs, uh, political players, like Biggest targets are
13: convoys like this transporting weapons.
8: Europeans had come to believe that that project of integration had effectively meant the banishment of armed force. All of a sudden, not far from the borders of the EU, was the most significant war since World War II.
2: Arming of Ukraine—they <laughs> really played it up. Um, so that to me says, "Hey, hold on a second. This is not going well. Um, this and the whole thing is really you know. There's NGOs who are doing the distribution of this uh, of this uh, material. NGOs, some Jamokes who got a nonprofit they set up. Oh, right, hey, we'll ship them around. Don't worry about it. So untrustworthy. But here is the true canary in the coal mine. Uh, to show that shows me that the left." Is going to start uh, pushing back very big uh, and going to blame Joe Biden. I am. I'm a. i am love Pink Floyd. I'm not a Roger Waters fan. Um uh, in in general, just just, just he's just annoying. <laughs> he's annoying with his political agenda, but that's what he does. And for once, I agree with his assessment. He had a. He did an interview with Shmuel on CNN. And discussed his most recent tour, where uh, it may even be in the intro here where he shows a picture of Joe Biden and uh, calls him a war criminal. so this obviously uh, was uh, you know was a catalyst to ask about his stance and Roger waters being a super super leftist guy um, who's always um, he, typically his plight is against Israel as for the Palestinians so now yeah. he's now now he's going
3: he's gonna to school this CNN shill. Very interesting. I remember the last tour. Of course, I came and watched. Very much, you know, about Trump. And in the current show, you've got a montage of war criminals, according to you, and a picture apparently of President Biden on the screen, and it says, just getting started. What's that
1: all about? President Joe Biden? Yeah. Well, he's fueling the fire in the Ukraine for a start. That is a huge crime. Why weren't the United States of America America, uh, encourage Zelensky, the president, to negotiate, obviating the need for this horrific, horrendous war but you're, that's you're, killing you're blaming, how blaming. Uh, we don't know how many Ukrainians But you're blaming the party Russians. that got invaded. Come on, you've got it reversed. Well, no, well that's—you that's, you know, any war, when did it start? What you need to do is look at the history, and you can say, well, it started on this day. You could say it started in 2008— Okay, it's basic. This war is basically about the action and reaction of NATO pushing right up to the Russian border, which they promised they wouldn't do when Gorbachev negotiated the withdrawal of the USSR from the whole of Eastern Europe.
3: When you say this, then I have to say,
1: what about our role as liberators? You, of all people, with, you have with no your- role as liberators. <laughs> World <coughs> War II. World War II. You, you, you got into you World lost War II because Come it's on. Pearl Harbor. You, Pearl Harbor. You were completely isolationist until that
3: sad that devastating I, I would argue awful we were always in, going to in, get in 1941. and that pushed us in but thank god the united states got in Right? You lost your father in
1: World War II. Thank God the United States... But thank God the Russians had already won the bloody war almost (laughs) by then. Don't forget, 23 million Russians died protecting you and me from the Nazi menace. And you would think the Russians would
3: have learned their lesson from war and wouldn't have invaded Ukraine.
1: Well, you, you, with all your reading, I would suggest to you, Michael, (laughs) that you go away and read a bit more and then try and figure out what the United States would do if the Chinese were putting um, nuclear-armed missiles into Mexico and Canada. The Chinese are too busy encircling Taiwan as we speak, They're not encircling Taiwan. Taiwan is part of China, and that's been absolutely accepted by the whole of the international community since 1948. And if you don't know that, you're not reading enough. Go and read about it. (laughs)
4: Okay, well, first of all, that guy, that interview is an idiot. Yeah, well, we know uh, that. A very lame interview. It's a knee jerk guy. But it wasn't from 1948. In fact, it, the mainland was part of Taiwan until about the 70s. I think it was in the 70s when uh, we finally recognized Red China. And then, because Taiwan was recognized as the United Nations delegate. The, for China, it was mm-hmm. representing China. They, 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 he's full of crap on that part. He needs to read, a little, needs to read a little more.
2: <laughs> he needs to. But but I'm thinking, is there a, uh, a subtle pullback on Ukraine so we can prepare for another, for, which will be a phantom war to ratchet up the the China Taiwan fear or something? Do you think that that might be in the cards? Because they're pulling back on Ukraine. The U.S. has even stopped uh, sending uh, eight. Uh, what is it, Mars, the M- MLRS uh,
4: Yeah, that, units. Yeah. So we're not those, sending those shit those either. Rockets.
2: Yeah, we're not sending stuff to them either. So it just feels like this, it's been played out. It's done. The news doesn't care. There's no good footage. There's no footage. We don't have dead children. We don't have uh, even baby shoes empty on the street. We have no uh,
4: I've seen shoes. I've seen shoes. Come
2: on, John. This thing's been going on for eight months.
4: No, it's been going on too long. This it's is shit. given, I thought it was a four month deal, max. And the Russians would, but I think the, it's hard to say what, what the Russians are up to. Are they trying to draw it out?
2: The Russians uh, are set, as far as I'm concerned. Neither, just, you know they're what I'm dumb. noticing?
4: Mm-hmm. The Russians have done a pretty good job of a couple of things. I had to, the, the clips were too complicated, but let me summarize. Uh, and these are different sources. The Russians have made out on this on the uh, in a funny kind of awkward way with these sanctions because, except for the guys with <laughs> money in they the bec- overseas, they banks. become
2: rich. <laughs> it's, it's well, they have
4: made a lot of money on the oil, and but the other thing is, is that the Russians have managed to do something. That they've never been able to do naturally because they didn't really know how to deal with, with real capitalism and they're still not as good as the Chinese. But the, I, there was a long report about this new, this bottling company that's going to expand because Coca Cola and Pepsi voluntarily left Russia and now the Russian bottling companies that are, that make a Coke clone and a Pepsi clone are going to take over the market. And they say that the the leftover Coke and Pepsi stuff will be slowly, dis, you know, disappear over the next six months as the inventories are, are taken out. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, McDonald's voluntarily left the country and give it over. They're like getting rid of these American influencers that are in the country doing good business. And they're not really skipping a beat, even though that McDonald's clone, the guys who took over all the McDonald's, they, they claim they're not doing as mm-hmm. well, but... I don't know that. It's, prob- I've seen, it's
2: probably too healthy.
4: <laughs> I've seen <laughs> lines, and they show the pictures of the people still going there. Yeah. Uh, I think the Russians are managing to like extract themselves from the claws of Western capitalists who yep. are just leaving on their own. They can't. They couldn't get them out any other way. It's like a, it's a very strange phenomenon. I think they're making out. Russia's too big. They're a monstrous country, the biggest in the world. They're too, and they got resources, they're too big to, ignore. to be cowed by <laughs> sanctions. Yeah. I. I'm so what it's really done is it's cowed the American corporations who are doing good business in Russia yeah. to leave.
2: Yeah. Beautiful.
4: Yeah. So until they all leave, Russia's going to stay in this phony baloney war. It's a, it's a masterpiece.
2: It's the globalists. Did you see any uh, CPAC?
4: No, I didn't see any CPAC. I kind of avoided it. Uh, Every year, it's the same thing. I don't like CPAC. I think it's a screwed up, uh, you know, phony baloney. I'm a conservative. I'm more conservative than you, conference. I just... Yeah, I... I, uh, Ever since then, here's here's where I got turned off by it. When CPAC, during the early days, they had, uh, when Ron Paul was still in Congress... They would do a straw poll who should be president. He'd always win. Yes, <laughs> but and then they and then they pick somebody else. Well, they no. They stopped inviting him to the conference. <laughs> There's a bunch of guys they I won't invite because they're too they're too conservative. Give me a break. I remember that. Well, you know who was uh,
2: there? Were, I watched uh, Trump's uh, stand-up. I have to say, I didn't pull any clips from it, but uh, very effective. I think he did a really good job for the audience any material. There. Yeah, uh, he, he he had a f- he had a couple of funny bits. You know, he br- uh, he brought up the uh, uh, the champion swimmer who was number two because
4: you know Leah
2: Leah Thompson or
4: whatever. Yeah, Leah Leah something.
2: Leah, she's you know she's he's, she's been beating that comrade has uh, been beating all women, and so he brings her up and she- dude.
4: She is cute. You said, this is the second time you called me dude.
2: Yeah, but I had to because she's cute. And she had, you know, uh, shorts on, you know, like the dress. The, the they dra- brought her up? Shor- <laughs> the, the,
4: the, the guy girl?
2: No, 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 no. The number two. The number two who has been. Oh, the swimmer. Yes. The, the, the
4: female swimmer. Yeah, yes, she is yes. pretty.
2: She's very pretty. And, uh,
4: and then Trump's like,
2: now you can see her next to me clearly she can't beat me in a swimming competition cuz i'm bigger and faster it was it was it was, a, it was a fun gag he did a a good bit there um but he was very calm he wasn't his typical if you know what i mean uh and, and he was very calm and he was just i don't know i think it was effective for for that group i think it was effective for that group it it was your your typical cpac though and a special guest victor orban uh, president of Hungary. Well, they brought him over. Here's 16 seconds, or, or was he on a video? No, he he was there, live and in person.
15: But we have a different future in mind. The globalists can all go to hell.
24: I have come to Texas.
23: <laughs> <laughs>
2: it's such a populist thing. It's it really is. It's very funny, though. Well, it was fun to see. There's no doubt Trump is running. He's running, and he's going to have the nominee, the nomination, and we'll see what happens. Uh, I'm, I'm still of the opinion two years from now, even Democrats will be begging for Trump. Yeah, it's You can see it already.
4: Man on the yeah, street you know, everywhere. Watch the same shows I watch.
2: No, of course. I'm not. watching
4: these morning, you know, these shows uh, and the weekend uh, analysis shows, and they're all trying to convince themselves that they got it made, and they're not going to take the big beating, and they maybe even hold on to the Senate.
2: Well, they've got, they've, yeah, they've got this. Uh, what is it? Oh, you know, now that uh, Kansas City, uh, you know, didn't go all in Kansas. on on, on uh, Kansas didn't go all in on 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 abortion, we can win.
4: That's pretty much their
2: logic. That makes no sense. That makes no
4: that's sense. The, that's, you You pretty much, you probably <laughs> nailed the theme. That, that's it. We won Kansas. We can win
2: anywhere. Okay. All right. Fine. With that, I would like to thank you for your courage. Say in the morning to you, the man who put the C's in C Pack. Ladies and gentlemen, please say hello to my friend on the other end, Mr. John C.
4: Devore. Well, in the morning to you, Mr. Adam Curry. Also, in the morning to all the ships at sea, boots on the ground, feet in the air, subs in the water, and all the dames and knights out there. And a big in the morning to the
2: trolls in the troll room who are always standing by, handing off one-liners, good information, good tips, and trolling, because that's what the troll room is all about. You can find it at trollroom.io. Oh, man, it sounds like a
4: junkyard over there. You okay? You got, yeah, you I got not distract myself. Sorry.
2: Trollroom.io, you can listen live on Thursdays and Sundays when we do the show live. But there's really, there's always something happening on on the stream, noagendastream.com, or just uh, hop in the chat with with the stream at uh, trollroom.io. You can also get one of those hot new uh, podcast apps, newpodcastapps.com, Podcasting 2.0. You can listen to the live stream and you get the troll room right in the palm of your hand check it out let's
15: see how many trolls we have here
2: hands up there scurry around you ugly trolls ooh 2269 2269 i think we're on the rise again aren't we yeah a little bit that's pretty good well good i love having you trolls here it's good to see y'all
4: not as good as the good old days though when
2: well we have to rebuild after the time shift you know, it, it takes a little bit. And,
4: you know, it's reflecting. you remember in- what the big number was? What the big top was? It was 30 something, 3,000 something? 3046.
2: 3046. Wow, that was pretty good.
4: Well, we'll see. We may not get to that. And we were but- averaging 28.
2: Uh, if you want, uh, and you, you can't listen live anymore because of the subtle time change, you can always uh, follow John C. Dvorak at noagendasocial.com, Adam at noagendasocial.com. You can follow us from any Mastodon account. Uh, this is uh, part of the, the Fediverse. It's where it's where the government cannot censor because the, you can't. It just can't be done. There's There's no willingness. There's no one in the Fediverse who will do it. No, no. There isn't. It's just not going to happen. This is, this is the they new... They don't want to do it. This is the new... Well, is that. Let's uh, thank the artist for episode 1474. We titled that one Heart Dart. And the art for the Heart Dart was brought to us by Nessworks. Nice piece. There were people who even, even said they wanted this on a t-shirt. Old school gamers were all jacked about the combo of uh, Super Mario donkey kong vax kong gitmo gamer you know it had the eight bit it had everything it had the eight bit lettering it had the bridge on fire uh it's player one curry player two dvorak i mean we had the bonus with all threes it was just it was it was one of those pieces where you go yep that's the one that's the piece
4: as I recall, you like something else. Uh, well, you liked you liked
2: the the Four Horsemen of the Climate Apocalypse, which we did discuss.
4: I did like that, but I also liked uh, the Spooks vax them all. Yeah. That's which, the army symbol with a couple skeletons running from each other with yeah, a vaccine thing. Yeah, I like
2: yeah, that yeah, piece a lot. Yeah. Why did we not choose that? Because we didn't. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I'm just curious why we didn't see what else that we had. There was uh, some people sent us Ninja Rockets. No, that was no good. Joe Biden with a monkey. No. Yeah, that, that, the, the challenge coin, the Vax the Mall challenge coin was nice. I felt it was a little too unclear, a little too
4: small. Oh, well, yeah, the Curry Dvorak was definitely too small. Well, too small. No agenda was kind of small, too. Um,
2: we had the basketball, the, Giner, uh, the Griner Niner. Hmm, wasn't all that. No, and I, I kind of like the Four Horsemen of the Climate Apocalypse, but if you didn't know the title, you didn't know what it was. You're just like, I don't know what this pertains to.
4: This is a pretty piece. I thought it was very pretty. It was very had a nice logo. She did a a great job. That's a a fantastic piece. It's a pretty. I I would make that into a mug.
2: That that would look handsome on a mug. I agree. That's Tantanil. That would look good. Well, NestWorks, thank you very much. You did a great job. Uh, We appreciate the work that all of our artists do. You can find their work, their handiwork at noagendaartgenerator.com. You can, man, I'm looking at Pelosi's boobs in this. I got to scroll away from that. That's just disturbing. Um, You can follow along if you're listening live. You can just refresh and see. I mean, already we have, what is it? Maybe six, seven pieces have gone up just for today's show.
4: You know what's interesting is there's... Because we did the time change, we do have different... We have artists that have re- reappeared. And the example is up there. It's called By Toast.
2: Toast wow. Used to do
4: a Wow. Toast art. is back. Interesting. Yeah, he hasn't done anything for...
2: or she. Well, also Sir Paul Couture all of a sudden is, is doing stuff. And we hadn't had yeah. him doing yeah, stuff. he's already...
4: Bored with it, though.
2: You can also see all of the relevant images popping by in the chapters, which is an exclusive feature of Podcasting 2.0. You can uh, get a new app for that. Works with 1.0 feeds as well. And thanks again for uh, that work, that incredible value that all of our artists always deliver. More value in the form of treasure in our time, talent, and treasure quest. Value for value is the only way that we can even consider doing this program we put the work in Uh, we bring our years of experience and stories we bring the analysis if you find anything of value we just ask you to put that down in a number whatever is valuable to you we can't determine that and send it off to us at dvorak.org slash na let's see we have it looks like we have what is this long note day holy crap
4: uh, it's because I haven't been complaining enough.
2: Ah, Sir Anthony, Knight of the Coquille River Valley, is our top executive producer from Myrtle Point, Oregon.
4: I couldn't read this note if I had to; it just blows up my spreadsheet.
2: Yeah, it's uh, complicated for me too, but I'm going to give it a shot. Five eleven seventy one. And here's what he says: I have an important update on your gracious grant of karma in connection with my last donation, through which I became an instantite. As you may recall, I am a lawyer licensed in California who has been fighting the State Bar Association over my license after I blew the whistle on woke social justice warrior lawyers who were using federal legal aid grants to represent illegal aliens in violation of federal law.
4: I I will say, I've read this note. It's very interesting, so it's worth reading.
2: I won my trial, totally exonerated, and asked for karma in May in connection with my appeal hearing on May 19th. always a good policy uh the state the state bar court is in san francisco so of course the hearing was held by zoom i signed on and saw the smiling face of my brilliant attorney on the screen then my heart sank because i saw the panel of three judges who were hearing the appeal on screen on screen all fully masked notwithstanding the use of zoom zoom (laughs) The state bar prosecutor was also in a mask, even though he was sitting alone in a room and on Zoom. I thought to myself, these are the people who have my livelihood in their hands. I am in a lot of trouble. My attorney and I were the only unmasked participants. The hearing quickly faltered as no one could understand the arguments made or the questions asked through the masks. The prosecutor asked for permission to lower his mask, which was granted. Excuse me, John, do I have permission to lower my mask for the rest of the show? No. Mm -hmm. After a couple of questions came out muddy, the judges lowered theirs as well. It would have been comical if the stakes had not been so high for me. At the end, despite a valiant effort from my attorney, I could not help but feel a bit discouraged. In late July, I got a text from my attorney that the decision was in a 2-1 to vote. The State Bar Review Department upheld my exoneration and dismissed all the charges against me with a 47-page written opinion. Gentlemen, the evidence could not be more indisputable. Please let no Nation know that the karma is real and it works. Not a joke! Okay, uh, so I send the second donation in humility and gratitude with another humble request. The state bar prosecutor has already told my attorney that he intends to pursue his final avenue of appeal to the California Supreme Court. Wow, they're out to get you, bro. The high priests of wokeness. Well, what,
4: what do they have to get him for? Because he's a whistleblower?
2: Yeah, I guess.
4: Or because he went after some woke jerk-offs?
2: Yeah, we, I think we know what happened. Fellas, I'm going to need another dose of courtroom karma. They have not taken up an attorney discipline case in years. I'm hoping that a dose of karma will get them to pass on this one as well. If the case is closed in my favor, an insurance policy will refund my legal fees, which means I will have more ability to support the best podcast in the universe. Thank you again for the show on the karma. If it isn't too much to ask, could you please add, you've got butt slammed to the state bar prosecutor? Uh, Yeah, I think we can do that. And this is from. uh, Sir Anthony Knight of the Coquille River Valley, I think goat karma is appropriate.
8: Whoa, you got butt slam!
2: <laughs> <Whoa, whoa, whoa. laughs> <laughs> there we go.
25: You've got <laughs> karma.
4: Thank you. Nice. Thank you. Yes. Todd McGreevy's up. Davenport, Iowa, $420. ITM gentlemen, thank you for your... Consistent Courage and Podcasting 2.0 Prowess. Yay. Please consider the recent Value for Value installment for the following. One, knighthood has been achieved. Please assign this knighthood to our dude named Ben, who hit me in the mouth over a dozen years ago, 12 to be exact, Bill Reveal. Please recognize him as Sir William Reveal, Knight of the Internet Revealed. Okay. Okay. And please have at the No Agenda Roundtable for Sir William Reveal Harris Pizza, well done, and Whitney's Ice Cream. I think it's Whitey's. Oh, Whitey's. Okay, well, Whitney's. It's a better name. Whitey. Whitey's. Okay, ice cream. Whitey's Ice Cream. <laughs> what kind of racist
2: cream? shit is that, it man? Is
4: probably in Davenport, <laughs> Iowa. Probably two special specialty shops. Uh huh. Sir William Reveal is finally retiring, and we're at last account. We are the last account he manages. Oh, that's interesting. We're hoping he can source a new trusted dude named Ben we can partner with to replace Sir William Reveal from the No Agenda Producer Network, alt, okay, oh, I'm sorry, at, at our dudes name Ben.com. We've posted the LAMP specs of what we run at three servers at DigitalOcean to operate and monitor a Drupal Couple oh, of Drupal sites. Drupal. Hey, there's nobody that works Drupal anymore. You're gonna to have to have it rewritten. A couple of Joomla sites. Holy moly! <laughs> uh, a dozen WordPress sites. At least that's still in business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And a custom Python web application. So, well, you got a lot going on. Yes, yeah, sure you do. So, uh, by the way, why would you have Drupal and Joomla and WordPress? Uh, I I would question that idea so william uh, reveal has recently stood up in uh, a mastodon instance uh, we've yet to skin and promote it at flmnow.com for free lives matter and that's in the queue for our new dude named ben to assist in blowing up if he she wishes no, uh, right. i'm no. sure this was going to happen thank you number three thank you for preserving uh persevering i'm sorry through this long note no jingles thank you Only karma for Sir William Reveal's shoulder surgery coming up in two weeks. We love you, Bill.
2: All right. it's for Bill. Of course. We love you, Bill. You've got karma. Sir Goodbook is in Austin, Texas, right down the road, about 70 miles, 340.88. Got to share three full episodes over a road trip with the family this past week. I heard my 10-year-old daughter repeatedly singing, In the morning. In the morning. I don't know if that was her. I heard no, of course, the jingle. And had to chuckle. Had to chuckle. Keep it up, Sir Good Book. Okay. Thank you very much.
4: Sir Wire and Dame Jazzy of the Hidden Jewel in Peoria, Arizona. 333.33. The best. Please extend my sincerest best wishes to John and Mimi on our shared marriage anniversary eight eight. Oh yes. We are eight eight ninety-eight. Uh, please also send my love to Dame Jazzy, my spoken hot wife of 24 years and a matriarch of our three human resources and three grandchildren. woo uh, Wishing the best comedy podcast in the universe, another 15 years of success and value for value. Karma for all the eight eight anniversaries and thank you, John and Adam, for the fantastic insights and deconstructions. Uh, one jingle, please. Amen, fist bump. Thank you for your courage. Sir Wire and Dame Jazzy of the Hidden Jewel.
2: Amen, fist bump. You've got karma. Yes. Tomorrow is eight 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 eight. Congratulations! You guys yes, have been together
4: eighty eight years, and they never eighty eight years. I went, yeah, and I had to tell a story. So I go to the horse track. It was, it was <laughs> for a your anniversary. Attiv- for
2: your anniversary, or is this when? <laughs> for you- my
4: anniversary, yeah, uh-huh. or and when you was, met? It was early in the morning. It was eight o'clock, and there was a horse <laughs> named Anniversary. and It was number eight. So I picked it. I figured this is a surefire winner. And indeed, it came in eighth. (laughs) Hey, I'll uh, be working the cat skills next week. Is uh, Mimi coming down? Is she down for the anniversary? Uh, She got stuck because of the fires up there. She'll be down next week. Oh, that sucks. That's what I thought.
2: You can always do Zoom. Zoom. With your mask on.
4: Uh, Definitely. Uh, Richard Harris is up next. He's in Provo, Utah at 333. ITM jobs karma worked in March. I was retired retail pharmacist, refused jab, and got my dream job at medical marijuana. (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) This is great. How is that a dream job? I guess it could be. Yeah, why not? You get a discount. I got a dream job at a medical marijuana dispensary after my last donation. I need some relationship. Yak karma, please throw in some job health relationship for all. Uh, You got it.
16: Jobs, 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 and jobs. Let's
23: vote for jobs. Yak
25: karma.
2: Sharon is in Henderson, Nevada, 333.33, one of our favorite executive producer uh, amounts, donation amounts. Uh, first-time donor, please
26: deduce me. You've been deduced.
2: Uh, thanks for keeping me sane and making me laugh during these crazy times. Well, we do aim to please. Please provide new house karma and baby-making karma. Well, you need a goat if you want to have some babies.
4: I'm reliably informed. You've
25: got... Karma.
4: Just saying. And next we move to Greenwood, Indiana. And this is our first associate executive producer, Dame Amazeballs and Robert Wiley. Uh, 222.22 Rodux. Switcheroo donation for Robert Wiley. No message. Double up on the karma.
17: You've got... Uh, double
25: up. Uh, uh. Karma.
4: On to
2: Forsyth, Missouri, 21112. A nice palindrome. Surrounded by idiots. All right, surrounded by idiots. He says, Hello, comrades. Hello. This donation is another palindrome of ducks and dicks. <laughs> ducks and dicks. That's right. 21112. I like it. Towards my lovely wife's damehood. If you would please credit Tammy Collins with the associate executive producership. Hold on a second. A switcheroo. Amy Collins, and she is going in. Okay, why is this not working? I'll do that in a moment. Uh, also, this is to commemorate her 52nd trip around the sun, which will be complete on Tuesday the 9th. So if you can add her to the birthday list, it be much appreciated. Done. I was going to ask if Freddie the Firewall could wish her a happy birthday, but Adam's voice may not be able to handle that anymore. Oh, I'm not so sure. I think I probably. Wow. That's that's going back, isn't it?
4: That's going way back. That guy, Freddie, was banned from the show. Uh, We do have his theme, I think. Blocking
2: ports
8: and scanning files.
21: He's your best friend. Chinese attacks are just no match for Freddie. No
23: agenda. <laughs> Happy birthday.
2: I don't think I can do it anymore. I think he's right. Doesn't quite have it anymore.
4: It was really uh really uh, it made me everyone Yeah, it made everyone cringe.
2: I'm so sick of the M5M pushing misinformation through the holes in my skull, I could scream. That's why this show is so valuable. For jingles, I'd like the noodle gun if you could have it. Yeah, we got some noodle noodle gun for you. Oh where did my noodle go? Um, okay, noodle gun. What else did you want? uh anyway i've got to run to quote the great eddie money i got two chickens to paralyze (laughs) only the freaks have all the answers love you mean it he says okay and here is your noodle gun
6: i'm gonna shoot you in the face with my noodle gun you racist piece of shit i got my pasta glock locked and loaded Pew, pew pew
2: Hey, what can you just tell me because I deleted it somehow? Who was the the surrounded by idiots? Who was the donation for? It was a switcheroo, but somehow I
4: deleted her name from Tammy the, Collins. Tammy Collins. Okay, thanks. And there's another Switcheroo coming up in the next donation. And this comes in from Tony Helfs. 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 She's in uh Fort Worth, Texas, two hundred dollars and thirty-three cents. Hi, John and Adam. I'm sending this donation as a switcheroo for my son, Brian Healths. Okay. So if you can make that change. Yeah, done. He turns 33 on the 10th. Please add him to the birthday list. He's on it. Uh, he hit me in the mouth two years ago as a reluctant convert. But you both <laughs> make me make so much sense about everything that I became a loyal listener. Now I have my husband listening too. <laughs> well, that's a different back ass way of doing it. There you go. When I got hired as a fifth grade teacher in 2000, oh, you'll love the teacher. I got some teacher clips today for you. Mm. Uh, In 2000, we were told about the importance of behaving as exemplary representatives of proper citizenship at the school, as well as in the community. Our personal lives were not acceptable topics for the classroom. I don't understand why the woke think that other people care about their personal sex lives, especially children in the classrooms. When John shares his TikTok soundbites, I just shake my head. I have to vent. Thanks. (laughs) Thanks. Jingles. New house karma. Uh, Just that's the karma. Okay. Screw your freedom. Don't eat me, Joe Biden. Love is lit. Tony. Healthist. Uh, from Fort Worth, Texas.
25: Screw your freedom.
3: Don't eat me, Bo and You're scary. So scary.
2: You've got karma. Uh, oh, then we're at the end. A short list. Longer note, short list. Uh, Adi Hrapovich. Hrapovich. Adi Hrapovich in München. In Deutschland. $200. And it says, Thank you.
4: Oh, thank you. Thank Duncan. you for the best note of the day. You win. <laughs>
2: yes, you do. Uh, well, we thank uh, these executive and associate executive producers for episode fourteen seventy five. That is now an official title that you can use anywhere. Uh, this is a credit that uh, well, credits are recognized. They will love this. Check it out. IMDb. Go just go look for no agenda show producers, and you'll see there are many executive and associate executive producers. It's a cool. It's 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 for bragging. It, you can, it can use, be used for all kinds of things but people also seem to like to put it in their LinkedIn and jobs have come from it if anyone ever questions the validity of this please let them know that Adam Curry and John C. Dvorak will vouch for you if you'd like to become an executive or associate executive producer of the No Agenda show go here Dvorak. Dvorak. Dot org slash na. and thank you very much for bringing your time, talent, and
5: treasure to the show our formula is this we go out we hit people in the mouth. Order. Order.
17: Amen. This bomb. Shut, Shut up,
0: slave.
2: Shut up, slave. All right. We might as well do your your
4: teachers. Oh, I got a couple. What was it? Not all teachers, one's just a pissed off something or other. I don't know what she is.
2: <laughs> this is your continuing uh, coverage of uh, the educational system in the United States.
4: All right, let's start with some teachers. So here's the f- teacher who's really involved with feelings, and she's going to she's going to lecture you because she's emotionally emotionally neutral, she claims, and she's worked about people. Parents in particular telling her what to teach.
16: Yeah, see, it's not that cut and dry anymore because parents like you say, "Don't bring your feelings
10: into it." Fuck off.
2: Hold on a second. So these are teachers, um, I presume, public school teachers, possibly. I don't know if they're public. Yeah, public. no, they're
4: public schools, mostly grammar school. And so
2: they 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 will voice their opinions on TikTok. Yeah. and say and 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 say things like do they think that no parents are watching is, is this possible
4: they're not thinking
16: yeah see it's not that cut and dry anymore because parents like you say don't bring your feelings into it fuck off we're not bringing our feelings into it you are you are you don't like a fucking book that the reading teacher picked oh you can't teach that book to any kids now pull that off the shelves that's you that's your feelings. Or when I would teach in science the Big Bang Theory and I get pushed back because I didn't teach creationism. That wasn't my feelings. That was their feelings. I can't teach Big Bang Theory without teaching creationism. Uh, fuck. Go to church. Go to fucking church. That wasn't my job. All right? That's not my feelings. I'm teaching scientific fact, and yet I'm getting parents pushing back on climate change, evolution, the Big Bang Theory. That's your feelings, not mine. Your feelings because you're worried i'm indoctrinating them no, I'm educating them
4: oh goodness this it's, is this is a dangerous person oh yeah she's off the off the rails here's a now here's a woman, and this is actually a clip and a clip they're both hooked up they're selling the same clip, but it's the same person uh I don't know she did an edit and brought herself back in to do part two. It's very short though uh she's got a giant pride flag in her classroom mm-hmm. giant yeah it's like huge and she's she thinks it's the greatest thing ever and uh, she likes to, to mock people who look askance at it but here she goes
2: whenever a turf is bothering me i go into there i'm sorry you said it was the wrong one this one
25: i have this giant pride flag in my classroom And I work at a school that's got a lot of homophobia. So every time somebody new comes into my classroom, they have this look of just utter confusion and I live for it. It genuinely gives me life. So, you know, thanks for that. Pledge allegiance to the pride flag. So I made a video before about the pride flag in my classroom. There he is, big guy. Um, but I also have a bunch of tiny smaller pride flags in my room as well and um, today my kids were asking me about them specifically about the ace one and um, when I was explaining what it meant one of my students I think discovered their identity today and that, to me, is the biggest argument in favor of having things like this in classrooms, because for a lot of students, this is their only exposure to this kind of stuff where they feel safe enough to, like, explore and ask questions.
2: Um, so, yeah, fuck you if you think these shouldn't be here. I wonder, uh, it, it seems to me that these uh, teachers probably don't have children of their own.
4: I don't know that they do. Uh they, you think they bring it up or but they're always saying fuck you to everybody. What what kind of teacher is this? What kind of a teacher? And this is a te- this is a public school teacher and the other ones the same way. They're always cussing at the at the at the people. At the they're parents. At the parents. At, at the parents. And they and-, and it's like a you know, you can eat it, you know, kind of pounds really arrogant, the kind of arrogance but then I got a sick one here, the next one. And this will be the last one. Uh, this is not a teacher necess- I don't know if there's a teacher. It's just some person. But it's a uh, uh, a non-binary woman who has... Uh, uh, not a woman anymore. She's an it, they, whatever. I don't know what she, comrade. she says Comrade. She's a comrade. She doesn't, she's a comrade and never gave her, her pronouns, pronouns, so I can't... And she's... Oh, I don't want to say she's a horrible-looking person. But, you know, the stud in the middle of her is that area between your lip and nose and is not doesn't help. we
2: know you're not big on the body modification it's...
4: no and especially you know what I really don't like gauging because uh, these guys yeah, yeah. get a big giant earlobe and then they take the thing out and you got this floppy piece of flesh with a big <laughs> hole in it floating around and it's just it's, it's gross
2: don't you want I, to stick your tongue in it Go, blah, 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 blah,
4: blah. well you might but not me so um uh, so let's listen to this disgusting person.
21: Whenever a turf is bothering me, I go into their DMs and I will send them the picture of my detached titty on the table
2: from
11: top surgery.
2: Oh yeah. Yeah, this is great. This is a fine specimen, this one.
4: <laughs> so whenever a turf, a lesbian, yes, is bothering her, she sends a picture of her cut off breasts plural from her to quote-unquote top
2: as, top surgery which is you're a top surgery which is such a orwellian term yeah
4: surgery. there you go that's a good point it's complete it's and complete i just street. found this is a gross person it's just yeah. a gross person
2: well the good news is uh, uh they're taking themselves out of the gene pool
4: so yeah well yeah that yeah that is a benefit that's and, and i think sure. it's being
2: stimulated it makes sense. Stimulate that. Just, just stimulate these people. Continue. Well, that's, yeah. Don't worry. Well, as
4: if, long as TikTok's around, we'll find out about more and more <laughs> of them. These people have some sick desire to go on TikTok and express themselves like this. That's the baffling part. Well, it'd be, it's baffling because it's so disgusting.
2: Yeah, but but you would expect parents will see this. You know, so they want the confrontation. They feel incredibly strong in their position. I presume. That they yeah. well, I can just say this. Fuck you, parents. I got your kid during the day. I mean, have they not seen school boards getting kicked out? Have they not seen any of this? Is it, you know, Trump was talking about this at uh, CPAC, and he says the problem is the uh, communist, I don't know if he said Marxist or communist, teacher unions. And I think there's something to it. The teacher unions must make these teachers feel Invincible.
4: Absolutely, I have to agree with that.
2: So it what, has to. So, I mean, do they? Do the teacher unions have that much power?
4: In mean, some know, places okay, like I, New York,
2: they do. You know, I, I can answer that myself. Do you remember Occupy Wall Street? Occupy Wall Street. Um, I was living in Los Angeles at the time, and then they had Occupy Wall Street Los Angeles edition, uh, which I went to. And if you recall, I had a sign. Uh, which was "Don't drone me, bro." Which
4: yes, at, which I remember the, the "Don't drone me, bro." Sign. Which
2: at the time was kind of funny because it was new, and you know, Obama was droning people. Um, and I went to see what it was all about, you know. And and within ten minutes, I figured out, oh, hold on a second, there's a microphone and an amplifier set up, but it's only for the teachers in the teachers union. It was not for anybody else. It was not for Occupy Wall Street. I was waiting for the mic check, mic check. You know, no, none of that. It was the teachers union. So they have incredible power.
4: I guess. Well, yeah. Do they have they voting got, power? They power for everything except getting the teachers some money.
2: Well, there's that.
4: Uh, Something's corrupt about that those unions.
2: I found this next story to be incredibly racist. Uh, you tell me what you think.
4: Today,
6: an historic promotion in Washington. Marine Corps Lieutenant General Michael E. Langley sworn in as a four-star general. He's the first black four-star in the Marines' 246-year history. Starting Monday, Langley will command all U.S. military
4: forces in Africa. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, wow.
4: Tell, tell me I they didn't, didn't. You know, I knew that he got this position, but I didn't know the kicker. <laughs> tell me that they didn't go,
2: hey, man, we need someone in Africa. I know. I
4: got an idea. Let's get a black guy. You know that's how it went. You know it. it had That's what it does. Yep. That's these, exactly what happened.
2: That, that These people are so racist. Let's get a black guy.
4: It's great. It's hilarious. AFRICOM
2: africom it's hilarious shit it this this stuff writes itself
4: really does uh let's go with the uh up uh uh, grit uh grittany griner update uh it's got a kicker in here uh, the the update. Griner update. The
11: Russia said today it was ready to discuss a prisoner swap with oh, the United yeah. States in private. It comes a day after a Russian court jailed U.S. basketball star Brittany Griner for nine years for a drugs offense. Russia's foreign minister said Saudi Putin Saudi and Biden had already agreed on how to discuss prisoner exchanges. The U.S. says Washington is prepared to engage with Moscow through the established diplomatic channels. Secretary of State Antony Blinken said Griner's conviction highlighted her wrongful detention and he said Ow. it and further compounded the ju- injustice that Russia had done to her. The Kremlin has remained tight-lipped on the prospect of a swap. It said if prisoner exchanges were discussed in the media, they would never happen. A Kremlin spokesman declined to comment on the court's ruling on Greiner. When asked if she could be pardoned, he said that the clemency procedure was coded in Russian laws. Greiner's sentence could pave the way for a prisoner swap, but that deal could include a pro Russian arms dealer who's serving a 25-year prison term in the United States.
4: Uh, the, the did you catch the kicker in there?
2: I don't think I did.
4: It was, the Russians said, if, it's, if any of this is discussed in the media, there will be no deal. Oh. And this is being discussed in the media. This all is being discussed
11: in the media. Was that? I didn't even hear that. Hold on a second. Yeah, the Kremlin right the has middle. remained tight-lipped on the prospect of a swap. It said if prisoner exchanges were discussed in the media, they would never happen.
2: Oh, okay. I was I was waiting for a kicker at the end. It was a mid kicker. Yeah, usually, I,
4: I got you off guard there because it's usually the kickers it, at the end. Yes,
2: a mid-kicker. Huh.
4: It's a mid-kicker.
2: Well, the headline today is that uh, Russia is uh, subjecting her, uh, Brittany Griner, to a DNA test to make sure they put her in the correct jail.
4: This oh, really? One, yes. <laughs> this oh, one, I mi- There's the kicker.
2: That's the kicker. So we'll see. We, we get to find out. Uh, is Brittany Griner male or female?
4: The- well, now, if she's male... Um,
2: and by the way, you can you can have uh, uh, X Y chromosomes and still be female. I mean, there is a percentage of people who have that. I mean, the,
4: well, in this case, if it shows up,
2: no, it's a dude. Well, come on, let's just be honest about it. We all know.
4: And so, if this happens, then it kind of puts the the other uh, the swimmer on the back burner. It seems to me. Because you, this has been going on for a while. I mean, I was bitching and moaning about the swimmer. Oh the swimmer beating all the girls. And okay, this is a legitimate argument, it seems to me. But right. this has been going on for, I don't know, how long has Brittany been in the WNBA? It makes the whole WNBA questionable. Is it? Can it survive without a, a, a man in it, a center, to actually play basketball? It's <laughs> eight feet tall. <laughs> eight feet tall. Big little tall dude. <laughs> yeah.
2: Is, you know I've never followed this Britney Griner was not on my radar but has this ever been a question about uh, her status
4: No we're the one I the first time it came up I think is just when we're recently I it, no it's never been a, an issue hmm. uh but now it is going to be if the, if the Russians go ahead with this this reminds me of something else going on with uh I got another uh clip that has to do with uh i gotta figure out which clip it is league oh yeah you know the remember in the 19 uh this uh, 1992 movie a league of their own which was uh, with tom hanks yeah, as the yeah. manager for, for girls no, baseball there's no team? crying in baseball there's no crying in baseball yeah yeah you remember it mm-hmm. well it turns out unbeknownst to us uh-oh because because they're doing the re- redoing the film and it is a series or a TV show uh-huh. or a, another film uh it turns out and I didn't know this I know it now which is that it turned out to be uh it was it's a, it was a it was a marker for the queer movement that film yeah here play this clip a league of their own
16: we felt like penny marshall who is the director was nodding to like this is like also an iconic queer film
4: So,
2: no the League of Their Own, iconic family queer, movie...
4: Iconic queer film? Oh, okay. Is now considered by the queer community of that woman being a member. Whatever that uh, is. As an iconic, not just any old queer film, mm-hmm. but an iconic queer film. This interesting how the queers, which is what they call themselves, have are taking over the entire LGBTQ blah, 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 B- blah. Yes,
2: because if anything uh women's softball is a lesbian thing, not a queer thing. What's next? Women's golf will be queer Come on it's queer no, it's not Iconic. queer it's gay Women, queer. women's golf is gay that's that's am I incorrect in stating this that many lesbians are in the women's
4: uh I don't follow women's golf. I have no idea, but let's play this clip. <laughs> This every is, si-
2: every single female professional golfer I've met was gay. How about all women, that? How about all, that? All
4: women athletes are gay. They're just gay. Gay or dudes. So, <laughs> here's another interesting little thing. They they did a whole thing on this Palestinian musician who's gay, and they made a fuss about it. I want to play two clips. And this is the gay musician. Oh,
2: interesting. Is that what all the bombing is about? Okay. I was wondering. So I think
8: (laughs) now, you know, just like America had their Stonewall moment,
4: I think now... No, no, no. No, wrong clip. Wrong clip. Sorry. What am I doing wrong? Gay musician.
2: Sorry.
21: Murad is a musician and an activist. His music reflects the everyday anger, fear, and frustration in the lives of young Palestinians. For more than 50 years, Israel has occupied territories that Palestinians want for their own independent country. Palestinians face Israeli soldiers, checkpoints, ongoing violence, and dwindling hope for any change. Earlier today, Israeli airstrikes destroyed homes in Gaza, and Palestinian rocket fire continued into southern Israel. His music reflects that reality— But his songs also challenge social issues within Palestinian society. Murad is gay and a well-known voice in the Palestinian LGBTQ rights movement. Dr. Saad Achan is an associate professor of anthropology at Emory University. I look
24: at the struggle of the movement to address two systems of oppression. One is the Israeli occupation and the effects that that has on Palestinian society. And the other is the the patriarchy and homophobia within Palestinian society that shapes LGBTQ Palestinian lives. Those two systems of oppression intersect in really powerful ways. And it's important for us to understand those overlapping systems of oppression so that we develop the tools in order to achieve tools. liberation, not just for LGBTQ Palestinians, but for all Palestinians, ultimately.
2: Man, okay, now wanna... this, this is the shit they're worried about? They got other problems there.
4: This report on all things considered NPR went on forever. It must have been a half hour of, of clippable stuff. Hmm. And then when they were done with that, then they did the, another half an hour on the League of Their Own and the gay women uh, not gay i'm sorry queer 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 women nobody's gay now they said this guy's gay but he describes himself now as queer
2: he's probably queer
4: he's not gay he goes back and forth Mm. when he's talking and so so he he finally figures out that he's queer so he goes on about being queer and then this clip showed up and i only took a piece of it but this is a discussion they are trying to. This queer community is now trying to steal, and this is going to continue, by the way, they're going to steal the whole Stonewall, <laughs> which was a gay men's bar in New York. It I- was busted and it became was a big... Ro- iconic. Iconic. This was iconic. This was iconic. They're iconic. now stealing it to make it part of the queer movement.
2: So wait, so, it was, just, so the queers fought for Stonewall? That's what they're going to say?
4: Well... I think that's what they're going to say right now. They're just they're kind of hinting at it. And this clip, this gay versus queer Palestinian Stonewall, is the clip that I think is the is the first shot at the bow.
8: So I think now you know, just like America had their Stonewall moment, I think now we're at that moment as well. And and you know, we don't doesn't have to match exactly what happened in other places or the standard of what it means to have queer liberation in other places. It's about us, the queer community who's here, who have been fighting this fight. It's up to us to continue it and to help navigate it and help see where it goes.
2: Okay. It didn't really... I, was less shocking than I thought it would be.
4: No, it wasn't as... No, it was mild. It was mild and it, would ha- it was subtle and that's why I kind of pulled it out just to give a forewarning uh, of what's happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I don't know. It's going to be fun to watch if these, if the other side of this argument, namely gays and lesbians, have a backbone.
2: Well, there seems to be some commercial backlash from the ESG community, and this would fall under the S of the social part of environmental, social, and governance. Uh, when it comes to virtue signaling in Hollywood, uh, I've been reading on this uh, on Batgirl how they they have canceled this movie. Yeah. Uh, which is, uh, one, it's, it's what HBO uh, and uh, wh- whoever just uh, owns them, what they're basically saying is, uh, this streaming shit is not profitable. We're stopping. And oh, by the way, this movie sucks. They put yep. $90 million into it, and they're going to take the tax loss. And they're not saying it. Variety is not reporting on it. But I have a feeling they tested it, and everybody went, puke. Isn't Batgirl supposed to be queer in this?
4: Something there's some ESG element and and somebody and a lot of people are bent out of shape the the queer community it seems. Yes, yeah, queer community. Uh, about the fact that they're not going to show this movie. Are not even screen it or, or or I guess they probably I think you're right they had to No, have no, no, they
2: it. they they, they, can't, they will never show it. It's being shelved. They're taking the tax loss.
4: My understanding is from the trades is that the movie was never completed
2: so no it, it was been
4: shown in its entirety as a, as a test no but
2: they're testing throughout the rushes i mean this this testing is very sophisticated
4: so they well yeah. i would say that the movie they've they've shelved it they ne- they're not going to finish it so they can't be shown because it's not finished and yeah they just bailed and it's like at least 90 million down the tube
2: so this is the new uh, ceo of uh, warner brothers discovery the same guy who closed uh, CNN Plus. And what's interesting is he says, hey, we looked at it. There is no economic model or case to be made for spending $90 million on a streaming only. He says there's no way you don't get the bang for your buck that you get for something that's designed to go into theater. And the reason they're killing this and taking the tax loss is because it wasn't designed for theater. It was designed for smaller screen. So I think it's coming to an end. You know, the bonanza is over. The free money, the cheap free money is gone. You can't get a- no more access to that as long as interest rates are higher. And, uh, you know, it, it's, it was a good run, everybody. <laughs> I think this shit is over. They can't make money on it.
4: I have always believed they couldn't make money on it because the, it's like, the you know, it's like magazines uh, structure. And online structure for for the same content. Because all these I might go, we're gonna go online. We're gonna do it easier, we won't have to print anything. Uh, but the structure for, you know, like PC magazine, for example, when it was a magazine, they got fifty thousand dollars per page for an advertisement. Good and the magazine in its heyday was was twice a month and four hundred and fifty pages, a half of those are advertising. They were making tons of money, but no, the geniuses said, well, you know, let's, let's try to go to online. We can save so much money on the distribution and, and the paper. And uh, <laughs> you can't get shit for online advertising. You know, the advertisers think it's great because it's cheaper. And uh, well, uh- it's the same thing with streaming and movies the big movies the big theaters the distribution system the way it's set up with the popcorn and everything else is a different it's just a different model you the model's not anywhere near the same
2: completely agree um
4: if you have a the model for our show is specific to our show and our style and what we do our model it's, is it poverty doesn't, it doesn't apply about? to television
2: <laughs> no it doesn't it doesn't
4: if we did a television show, we'd be taking advertising. But,
2: you know, no. I think... Look, everyone Everyone knows the advertising market is going soft. Uh, uh, people are being fired left and right. And uh, as predicted, Elon Musk is going all the way to destroy Twitter, which is what I said he would do. And now he's challenging the, CEO, the interim CEO publicly, show me that you have less than 5% bots. Uh, and he's even... If i think he filed a countersuit to say that i have that, the update oh that there's that they're Jipping
4: advertisers. I mean, this is Musk Twitter update from
2: NPR. Elon
17: Musk says his planned 44 billion dollar takeover of Twitter should move forward if the company can confirm some details about how it measures whether users' accounts are spam bots or real people. The billionaire and Tesla CEO has been trying to back out of his April agreement to buy the social media company, leading Twitter to sue him last month to complete the acquisition. Musk countersued, accusing twitter of misleading his team about the true size of its user base and other problems he says amounts to fraud and breach of contract both sides are headed toward an october trial in a delaware court
2: i haven't actually asked you about this because everybody has an opinion if you look at the the twitter stock price there's clearly uh, investors who believe that Elon Musk will have to pay either penalties, fines, you know, a certain some money per share. Uh, it, it has not tanked; it has not been destroyed yet. What is your view? I mean, do you think that he has a case here to pull out? Because most people are saying he can. A deal is a deal, and I'm like, what? In business, a deal is a deal. No, it's not.
4: No, if it's in the if it if you started a negotiation and you put an agreement together, that if you pull out. You owe a billion. You have to pay a billion dollars. In fact, Nvidia just had to do this with their ARM deal. Um, you, you, that money. You, owe, you have to pay the money. Did that deal collapse? What? The, Nvidia and ARM? Yeah.
2: Collapse. Oh, wow. Didn't know that. Okay.
4: And um, so this deal is agreed upon that if, okay. If we back out of the deal, I have to pay a billion. Musk decided that it was fraud to begin with, so if if you sign a fraudulent agreement, uh, which is what his argument is, then he doesn't have to pay the billion. But this is over the billion. I don't think, you know, if these shareholders think that they can clip him for more than that, if he even has to pay that, I think they're living in a dream world.
2: That's interesting because universally the technology press is all like he's going to have to pay he's going to have to pay it's a deal It's a deal he's got you can't back out of a deal <laughs> and to me it's like i've this is bullshit i remember the most dishonest dealings i ever had in business was the minute i took my company public the first other public company that i dealt with screwed me on a deal these, these people are assholes so this is, it doesn't mean that the deal is a deal. I'm, I'm just surprised. I'm. Surprised. The tech press somehow believes that 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 he's going to have to pay, that he's going to have to buy, that he's going to have to go through with it. I just don't yeah, see it. Yeah, it's not it. going to
3: happen.
4: I don't think so either. I mean, it, it, if he can get a discount and get the thing for almost nothing, I think he'd do it. But hmm. I don't know. We'll see. It was definitely in October. We'll find out. Well, we'll see. We'll see. It could probably be resolved by then. We haven't actually talked about the
2: big news. The big news because, you know, they got uh, cinema on board.
10: Senators scrambled into a rare Saturday session, gearing up for a weekend of debate on Democrats' order? breakthrough budget bill that they say will lower energy and health care costs. This is a Bullshit. historic day. Titled the Inflation Reduction Act and touted as the largest single investment in climate in U.S. history, the bill would provide new incentives to invest in clean energy and separately aims to negotiate down the cost of prescription drugs.
3: This is one of the most comprehensive and far-reaching pieces of legislation that has come before the Congress in decades.
10: Democrats argue it would also reduce the federal deficit, raising revenue through tax provisions including increased enforcement and a 15% minimum tax on large companies.
19: Senate Democrats are misreading the American people's outrage as a mandate for yet another, yet another reckless taxing and spending spree.
10: The timing of this vote in the 50-50 Senate comes just three months ahead of high-stakes midterm elections.
19: I don't know how our Democratic colleagues are going to explain this one in
10: November. If this moves forward, what does it mean for Democrats and the president ahead of the midterm?
14: I, I see this as a very hopeful sign because it shows that it matters who gets elected, that your vote matters.
2: Yeah, I just love the title. The Inflation Reduction Act, where you spend <laughs> money, you print money, you print it, you print it. Because what is it now? It's up to, it's expected to cost about $700 billion.
4: Or, yeah, minimum $300 billion is going to global warming. Here's the inflation bill clip from NTD. Mm, second.
15: The inflation reduction bill is a spending package that appears to be a revised version to the Build Back Better bill, which President Biden has been advocating for. Senator Kirsten Sinema of Arizona agreed to a revised version of the bill on Thursday. She was the last Democrat needed to get the bill through the Senate. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer said in a statement on Thursday that the bill includes reducing prescription drug costs, fighting climate change, and closing tax loopholes exploited by big corporations and the wealthy. The spending bill is expected to include about $370 billion on energy and climate programs. It would also raise the corporate minimum tax to 15%, which is estimated to generate over $300 billion. Republican leader Mitch McConnell says he opposes the Democrats' package. This week he said that their so-called inflation bill will take nine years to cut the same amount of inflation that our country added every week in June. Nine years of huge tax hikes and big spending to remove literally one week's worth of inflation. (laughs) A joke. And according to Fox News, 230 economists sent a letter to the White House saying, contrary to its name, the package will actually contribute to skyrocketing inflation. They say that proposed $430 billion in spending would create immediate inflationary pressures. They also criticized the corporate minimum tax, which they say will undercut efforts to restore functioning supply chains. Schumer said the final version of the bill will be introduced on Saturday.
4: Now. What's interesting is that Biden, if you remember, is always going on and on about these economists, this, economists, that. So these 230 economists who say this is not a good idea, I guess this was presented to Chuck Schumer. This is a clip that's been going around the web. This is a clip. This is a Schumer clip. And this is somebody asking Schumer about these 230 economists that have this uh, this letter that went into the White House.
25: Senator, um, 230
9: economists wrote letters to Congress saying that the Inflation Reduction Act would actually add to inflation. Penn Wharton's budget model said the same thing. If there's a chance that these people are right, is now the right time to do this, considering how high...
2: They're wrong. (laughs) (laughs) They're wrong. It's transitory.
4: I'm sorry. That's right. They're wrong. (laughs) They're wrong. (laughs) (laughs) I just thought it was very funny. Although it was stereo. Sorry. That's all right. That's all right. Hmm. You know,
2: um, so clearly this—I mean, it's short term, it has—it is, I think, by definition, inflationary since we don't have this money, so it has to be created. Um, but you know, you—you you listen to the, these bill titles. You remember we passed a very—the last important bill uh, the Biden administration got passed was the infrastructure bill. Uh,
4: yeah. I ask you, have you seen any
2: fucking infrastructure being
4: built? No. I mean, what's no, a- all these bills are misnamed. The Child Protection Act is to protect pornographers. <laughs> the uh, the infrastructure bill, it, you know, it doesn't do anything for infrastructure. This Inflation Reduction Act, it's got nothing to do with inflation. It's a spending bill.
2: Exactly, a spending bill by definition is inflationary. Yep. I w- I would argue,
4: it is when it's just throwing money away. You know that they got you know, the Democrats are lining their own pockets with these things. Yeah,
2: you know a, a reasonable clip from Steve Bannon, Bannon, who was also speaking at CPAC. Of course, yeah, of course. This was, uh, and he—he, he, I have to say,
4: he—he he cleaned up. <laughs> so what he took? He shaved.
2: <laughs> he shaved. He—he uh, he tied his hair Did he back. comb his hair. Yeah, yeah. Hair was combed. He brushed his teeth. His nails were all polished. Wow. Yeah, it was quite impressive, and. uh He got a big
7: applause for this uh, little uh, rant. 0.5% of the citizens of this country own more assets than the bottom 90%. That's all happened over the last 10 years since 2008. You know, we took a monetary base of what? Back in the 80s of, what, $800 billion? The balance sheet of the Fed was $880 billion under President Bush, right? Balance sheet of the Fed is $9.5 trillion today. The debt's $30 trillion. We have 100 to $150 trillion contingent liabilities. All just because we're the prime reserve currency. The greatest export we have is the dollar. But all of that rests on the shoulders of our children and our grandchildren. Those are all due bills that are come due. All we've done is crank up. We've just cranked everything up. That's what they're talking about these ridiculous insane bills of trillions of dollars. Because the Federal Reserve will print the money. The Federal Reserve, by the way, That's owned not by the American people, a central bank that's owned by 24 prime brokers, being JP Morgan and Goldman Sachs and Morgan Stanley. How does that work? And governors that kind of selected, but you know, 12 years. And the best governor we've had in the Federal Reserve right here in Dallas, Richard Fisher, who told you what was going to happen by going to negative interest rates, told you what was going to happen by printing all this money and having four, five, six trillion dollars, seven trillion dollars, eight trillion dollars, now nine trillion dollars on the balance sheet of the Federal Reserve. It's going to cause you talk inequality. It's not a $15 uh, minimum wage, that's tip money. We have, I think M2 today is what, 22 or 23 trillion dollars. That's how the administrative state pays for itself. We don't need to audit the Fed. We need to end the Federal Reserve. (laughs) The Federal
20: Reserve has
7: usurped, has usurped, has usurped its power and the power of the American people and our elective representatives. And no, they do not have the consent of the governor. We will not comply. We will not submit. And it must be ended. Yeah, baby.
4: Yeah. <laughs> They're talking about your populist bullshit message.
2: Love it. Love it. You well, know, they,
4: yeah, they'd be n- n- but a round of, so. round of applause. Big round of applause. Big round of applause. Yeah, course. you can always get a rise this, out of people. You know, who started this? Ron Paul? He did? Yeah, and the Fed. And then when he got in a position in Congress to actually audit the Fed, he ne- nothing happened if you haven't noticed. The Fed is, is actually audited. It's, it does some auditing itself. and it's, it, it all, to me, distracts from the what should be audited. The Defense Department, the Pentagon, should be audited.
0: I'm going to show my support by donating to no agenda.
7: Imagine all the people who could do that. Oh, yeah, that'd be Fab. Yeah,
4: on no agenda in the morning. And that uh, tells us that there's some people to thank. Yes, indeed. For show, it's 14... 75, seven, 75, 75, 75,
2: 75, 75, 75.
4: 75, 75, Morgan Medlock in Furcrest, Washington, 177.04. And she says, happy anniversary. Uh, and we have a lot of anniversary donations here, but... Uh my wife and I are also celebrating an anniversary on the eighth. Huh. The donation is uh combined amount of 88888 8 8, eight eight plus eight eight but sixteen. I love you, Maria. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> okay, I, I Morgan. <laughs> we got it. Uh, Adam Carter, one hundred and fifty dollars. Um he's heard donate. Donate Mile High Connor in Denver, Colorado, Mile High. Uh, Release me from my douchebaggery. He needs a (laughs) dedouching.
26: You've been dedouched.
4: And he came in with 126. Lorcan Byrne in Dublin, Ireland. Uh, He's uh, on behalf of some douchebags in the douchebag at the douchebag meetup.
2: We have a report coming up.
4: Okay, 120 bucks from him. Peter Chong, Lakewood, Washington, 11020. Uh, Blair Williams, Austin, Texas, 100. Kerry Jackson in Waterton, Tennessee, hundred. Uh, er- Erki Juris in Finland. I'm sure I'm pronouncing that wrong. Eight 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 eight. And these are all following. You're going to be happy anniversary, John and Mimi. Donations of eight 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 eight. Eric Juris in Oulu, Finland, eight 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 eight. Colleen Boland in Ridgewood, New Jersey. William Wilde, Baltimore, Maryland. James Crane in Missouri City, Texas, wherever that is. Ralph Johnson in Lake Isabella, California. Uh, Martin Marshall in Anchorage, Alaska. Uh, and he wants to mention, happy anniversary, John, But wants to mention your appearance. He needs a de
26: You've been de And guess who came
4: in here? Sir Kevin McLaughlin, Duke of Luna, lover of American boobs. Oh. In Locust. But nice not, not a boob donation. It's 8888. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. All right. Mark Oliveri in Cedar Park, Texas. 8888. Sir Skip Logic in Spring Hill, Tennessee. Uh, Sir Beboop, Knight of the Frozen Tundra in New Brighton, Minnesota. Uh, Joe Dirks in Amsterdam. And he says, Oek Mar, and Rootsie. Which means, zonder <laughs> Ogmar, ruzie, which means
2: they never had a fight.
4: David, uh, David Keys in Riverside, California. David <laughs> Rosen, Clarkston, <laughs> okay. Michigan. Sir Timothy Brashears in Cookville, Tennessee. And he's also going to be a baron because of this donation. And uh, I think we've got him on the list. Yep. Richard McCutcheon in Odenton, Maryland. Eric Fredericks in Plymouth, Massachusetts. Nuts. Here's to 88 more years. That's a good one. Yo. Josh Hines in El Chorrito, California. That's where the post office box is. Yeah. Sir Don, Baron of New Hampshire in Wyndham, Nor- New Hampshire. Oh, he comes in twice. Woo. With uh, uh, another donation, Sir Don. Sir Kitboard in Norwood, Young America, Minnesota. Is that really the name of a town? Could be. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not sure. Ger- uh, Gerald Preston in Bennington, New Nebraska. Kathy Morose in Eastport, Maine. Uh, Alex Loesch in Chicago, Illinois. Uh, Charles Hendrickson, Greencastle, Indiana. Jeff Fife in Oakley, California. that's out there in the East County. Ray Grill in Dover, Florida. Eric Hoff in Edmonton, Alberta. Dennis Hahn in Menominee. Menominee Falls. He needs a de-douching.
26: You've been de-douched.
4: And he's got a couple birthday calls for the girls, for the girls. Sean Fincham in West Lynn, Oregon. Jeremy Smith in Wausau, Wisconsin. Uh, Sir Sergeant Postal in Miami Lakes, Florida. And that's it. That's our group of well-wishers, about, I don't know, 30, 40 of them. Good group. Uh, I want to thank these folks for wishing us a happy anniversary. May, may I ask you, we, may I I ask totally you a question? totally appreciate it. May I ask you yeah. a question? 34
2: yeah. years. First of all, congratulations. That uh, By today's standards, but even by... Uh, Twenty years ago standards, incredible uh, feat. Uh, I have, yeah, it's I've, a feat. I've not been able to achieve that, as we know. Although collectively, uh, if you count all three of them up, um, hey. <laughs> is, there a, is there a secret? That's not how it works. But yes, go on. <laughs> is there is there a secret to this thirty uh, four year longevity of your union?
4: Yeah, after about twenty years, take uh, oh, uh, buy some property and then have separate residences that you go back and forth for, to and from
2: there you have it there's the secret to a long
4: happy marriage yeah so you don't get on each other's nerves <laughs> if only i had known that sooner jay J- you knew jason kaiser <laughs> in green bay wisconsin eighty-seven ninety-nine. todd drenth in uh, lowell michigan 87 22 yeah he needs a d douching for somebody uh, oh this is uh, in honor
2: of sure is my bride, bride Carly. Carly, yeah. it's their wedding
4: day today. It's their wedding day.
2: Congratulations. We should, we should be saying I do just about the same time as this producer segment. We will listen to the show together on Monday as we travel to begin our honeymoon on Mackinac Island in northern Michigan. Mackinac <laughs> Mackinac then uh, is, I don't see a, a de-douching here I don't see Right there, record. please de her. Oh.
26: You've been de We'll
4: give you some karma at the end You bet Sir John Knowles, Viscount of Murfreesboro 8008, yay and boom, there he is again. Sir Kevin McLaughlin, ah. Duke of Luna, lover of America. He's a Archduke by now. Double. Kevin, shot. do some ma- d- yeah. Give this, us some
2: numbers. Yeah, give us an update, bro.
4: Eight oh oh eight in Locust, North Carolina. Dave uh Terrian in Livonia, Michigan, Eight oh oh eight. Jennifer Phillips in Spicewood Texas seven four three three. She's begging for the rain stick. You are in the hill country. Adam's there too. We're He'll on do fire. He has to.
2: We're on fire here. We have fire.
4: Fire. We're on fire on this show. Daniel Heiser in Coon Rapids, Minnesota. Nuts. He needs a de douching.
26: <laughs> You've been de douched. He's
4: in for sixty nine sixty nine, along with Chris Pierre and Logan Utah. Who's in for 69, 69, and He needs a douching.
26: <laughs> You've been douched.
4: I find that a weird coincidence. Um. Bruce Schwalm in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania six nine three three. Nathan Newman and floating around. He's, I think he's in the he's in the Kore- he's in Korea six 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 zero. Thomas Thomas. I, I, I should
2: probably read this. He said, this is for my hot Filipino wife, Ria, in Korea. You're the only one for me, space alien. Just saying. Sounded like an important message.
4: Thomas uh, Tomas, Professor Tom Gallucci in Huntsville, Alabama, 6006. Uh, he needs boobs, he says, for his birthday coming up. You're on the list. For Sir boobs. Stonks, <laughs> trader of the Philly suburbs in Chester Springs, Pennsylvania, 5333. Michael Gaze, 5280. Uh, Michael Belcher in Yuba City, 5150. Andy and, the, and Christy Edwards in Niceville, Florida. Uh, happy birthday coming out. D douching.
26: <laughs> You've been de douched.
4: That's for Christy. She gets the d douching and a biscuit. Uh, Troy Watson, 50, uh, Baron of Southern Illinois, Raleigh Hawk. In Anna, Illinois, 50, okay, these are $50 donors, just name and location, please. Sarah Gordon in Tucson, Arizona. Michael Burfiend in Talmadge, Ohio. Frank Montwill, Sir Broken Glass in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Michael uh, Matthew Smith in Colchester, Suffolk, UK. Um, We'll get some house buying karma there for Frank. Uh, Zachary N in Los Angeles, California. Joanna Heaney in uh, Kremlin, Colorado and she has a she has a note. Paul Hanney is a douche, douche bag uh, Okay. Uh, Edward Missouri, Sir Edward in Memphis, Tennessee 50. Jonathan Meyer in Xenia, Ohio. Villareal Villareal 50. And last but not least, William Dolgay in Bristolville, Ohio, 50. I want to thank all these folks for uh, making uh, this show happen.
2: Indeed. And thank you all very much for celebrating John and Mimi's uh, 34th anniversary with your 8888. The Lucky 88s. It's highly appreciated. Thank you. To everyone who came in under the $50 level for anonymity, or maybe you're on one of our many programs, the programs that are sustaining donations that keep us going in the slower periods, it is value for value. We're living the new international lifestyle. Join us. Dvorak.org slash N.A. And by request, here's some goat karma. You've got Karma. Oops, I'm sorry, i got to stop myself this time. We have a couple of uh, notes we need to read from people who did uh, not yeah. make their notes in the last time. Richard Hedenberg, uh, he says, time for me to join the roundtable. It's been over 12 years since I sent my first token of value to the No Agenda show. That made me a minute man. This minute man is now ready to take place at the roundtable accounting below. And I'm pretty sure this was for the previous show. No, it's for today, actually. He uh, Now we have his name. He'll be Sir Richard... I will help myself to the cannabis mead and mutton and bring some ost with whipped cream and homemade jam to the table. So what does he want here? He's bringing it, so I don't need to have it. Okay, good. Uh, this nighting coincidentally coincides with my 40th birthday on the 8th. Thank you so much for the 14 or so years of entertainment through media deconstruction. You got it. Don Egler Morrissey. Uh, she had uh, emailed me for Thursday's show on August 4th. She emailed uh, early in the morning, which meant she missed the cutoff significantly. Um, and here, uh, so we missed that. And here is the note that she sent originally I'm a proud No Agenda Associate Executive Producer. Want to honor my husband of 20 years, Don Morrissey, with his own show credit. I'm so fortunate to have him in my life. He's a man of great integrity, strength, and true kindness of heart. Love the show, can't thank you both enough for your insightful, original, thoughtful, and humorous perspective and deconstruction. May I request a de You
26: got it. You've been de And Thank
2: you all very much for supporting the No Agenda Show. <laughs> here's our list not woke celebrated on July 31st that's all I got there Thomas professor Tom Gallucci celebrating today Dennis Hans says happy birthday to his beautiful daughters Allison who turns 20 today and Sarah who turns 24 on the 9th surrounded by idiots happy birthday to his lovely wife Tammy 52 on the 9th Tony helps to her son Brian 33 on the 10th Colleen Balland is celebrating and Andy and Christy Edwards say happy birthday to Shelly Skoll and we say happy birthday from everybody here at the best podcast in the universe it's your
23: birthday
21: title changes and face
0: the
2: changes don't wanna be One title change Don't today, say the say way you change your title say. from a knight or a dame is to uh, add uh, $1,000 in aggregate. And that's how we have Sir Timothy Brashears becoming baron of the No Agenda Roundtable. And we thank him very much for his uh, continued support. It is highly, highly appreciated. Two gentlemen to bring up on stage today. We have two knights. Let me bring out my sword. Do you have a nice blade for us? I do. Ooh, which? What color is that? Use. Bill Reveal, Richard Heddenberg, step on up here to the podium. Gentlemen, both of you are about to become knights of the No Agenda Roundtable. I could not be more proud to pronounce the Kate V. As Sir William revealed, Knight of the Internet revealed and Sir Richard, Knight of Northern Smilan. For you gentlemen, we've got hookers and blow, rent boys and Chardonnay. We're going to add a little bit of cannabis at by request. Also Harris pizza well done and Whitey's ice cream. You know, the racist stuff. Uh- Available for you as well. Rubenes, women and rosé, geishas and sake, bong hits and bourbon, sparkling cider and escorts, ginger ale and gerbils. And of course, the cannabis, the mutton, the mead. Welcome to the Roundtable, gents. Head over to knowagendanation.com slash rings and make sure that you give us the information where we can send your ring, your wax to seal your important correspondence. They are signet rings, so you can imprint that, hit them in the mouth in the wax. And of course, your certificate of authenticity. Thank you very much for supporting the No Agenda show. Welcome to the Roundtable. No Agenda Meetups. It's like, an, it's like an inversion happening today. Very short list of, um, of meetups to discuss between now and the next show. But we do have a number of reports, uh, which I have also worked on editing to make sure you guys don't do create too crazy, tighten stuff up, you know. Some reports are going to get dropped if you don't start shaping up. Here's Indiana, the tribal meetup report. In the
8: morning. Hello, this is Maria. And this is Mark. And we are having another
10: amazing meetup here in Indianapolis.
21: Celebrating Dima Maze Ball's birthday. In the morning, it's supposed to be a pool party, but it's raining. The- Sir Josh Knight of the Bottoms up Beer Dispenser signing out. Guy
7: named Nader. Guy who's also a douchebag, but I don't eat bugs. This is Guzman of the Midwest uh, coming in from uh, Fishers, Indiana. In the morning, this
20: is Matt Sams from New Palestine. In the morning, Gary from Greenwood. How's it going? Slaves.
13: Mike of the Easy Peasy Empire. Once again, glad to be back with the No Agenda family. Greetings, fellow comrades. Bruce from South Broad Ripple.
9: In the morning, John and Adam. HR Spook here, just got promoted from Shufflecrat Assistant to Shufflecrat
0: Specialist. In the morning, this is Nick from Indianapolis, and I'm drinking Lemoncello made with Everclear.
13: In the morning, this is Robert from Muncie, and I'm really enjoying being here with such a nice group of people.
17: This is Cindy from Carmel. Thank you for your courage. In the morning.
13: In the morning, this is Syrup of the Maple. We have. Have the best meetup in the universe because of the best podcast in the universe. Hello, everyone. Sir Benny, just saying hello.
25: Dame Swanee. A big thanks to Dame Amazeballs and
9: Sir Josh. Dame of the Amazeballs. Brittany Baxter here, hostess with the moses. Thanks everyone for
2: coming over. Indie tight, I like it. Deutschland, come and see In the morning, Adam Curry and John C. Dvorak, and everyone else who's listening from this is Germany.
11: No, did we, did we
2: get, hello, Deutschland. Why are you speaking with Irish accent? In the
11: morning, Adam Curry and John C. Dvorak, and everyone else who's listening from Kaiserslautern,
24: Germany, where we are putting the sea in industrial society and its consequences have been a disaster
22: for the human race. Drunk or not drunk,
17: Damon Armour has got us here, reclaiming my time.
22: And hi, this is Mike Bravo. My parole's been revoked. I'm back in Gitmo Europe and, well, just loving life. Marlon here, first meetup, so Zeus popped my cherry.
4: Thank you for <laughs> your courage, Adam and John. It's in the morning! morning.
2: A good looking group uh, of predominantly dudes had a tailgate meetup in Philly.
18: What's shaking, Gitmo Nation? We're here at the Phillies game where we are crushing the spooks. It's already 9 to 0, it's only the third inning. There's no way they're going to catch up. It's over. This is the real land of the Nationals, not Washington, D.C. So here are the, the real baseball fans. We got five of them, including myself. Hey, this is
21: Evan Hermans here. Go Phillies.
11: Laura Renegade <laughs> here, and it uh, strikes out. Let's go Phillies.
20: This is Mr. Pantangelini watching the Philadelphia Red Wave blow out the Washington Swamp Things. Hey, Adam and John,
21: this is Jeremy, also known as newly dubbed Sir Stonks Trader, and we're enjoying
11: this meetup. It's a home run
2: was oddly satisfying hearing the the crowd in the, the baseball game in the background final report
13: from Schwnagan New York hey John and Adam this is uh, Alex coming from the Schwangunk Ridge meetup number two once again another success once again another big thanks to Justin and family for hosting us
20: guys in a month.
13: I'll talk to you later yeah hey, this is morning, uh, James Charromeetta from Napaac New York in the morning to you
7: Steve from Woodstock solving the world's problems. Thank you for your courage. This is uh, Rick O'Bono coming at you from the
21: Inn at the Ridge. Uh, thanks for your courage in the morning. Keep the, uh, keep the breakdown happening. Thank you.
7: This is Todd wrapping up from Walk Hill, New York in Al Sharpton country, resisting We Are Much.
2: That's right. So these are the meetups. This is the kind of people you can encounter if you go to one of these meetups. They're fun. They, they do fun activities. There's interesting people from all walks of life, and you will fit right in. It's a local community that you will be able to rely on when things might be necessary we saw it in uh in austin when we had the snowmageddon it was our community immediately our, our local meetup community uh, baron scott was organizing was helping people out these are good things to be a part of coming up um today the glo- the curious gaga judge george meetup, six o'clock eastern bridge brew works in fayetteville west virginia uh, and in las vegas at seven o'clock on thursday that's our next show the Black Hat B-Side DEFCON meetup. Oh, that's going to be good. Uh, Sir Mike is uh, organizing that. And there's also a Bay Area meetup coming. John, here's a promo.
3: Oh, yeah. You feel that? <laughs> you, you feel that? That's the feeling of a no agenda meetup coming on, baby. We're going to be having in the Bay Area, California, the Divided and Conquered meetup, August Rush Edition, which will be held in beautiful Concord, California. We're going to head to Sidegate Brewing and Beer Garden for a Taco Tuesday on August 16th at 6.30 p.m. should be a lovely August evening for having cold beers and hot tacos and open-minded conversation. Hosted by myself, Sir Lavish of Behind the Schemes. A brief and very high-quality meetup report and a great time is guaranteed to be had. So come on down, August 16th. I'll see you there.
2: Who doesn't want to be a part of a meetup? Go to NoAgendaMeetups.com, find one near you, or
7: start one yourself. Sometimes you want to go hang out with all the
2: nights and days. You want to be where you want
25: be Triggered on hell lame.
0: Everybody
2: feels the same. It's like a party. Yay, yay, yay. You should go to that Bay Area meetup, John. That sounds like it'll be fun.
4: Well, Concord is nice uh, after the sun sets. It's, it's pretty nice. Take Mimi because she'll, she'll be there the 16th. She well, should that's... be. Yeah, should Mimi. She yeah. actually likes going to the meetup. I'll, t- I'll talk to Mimi. I'll make sure
2: she takes you to the meetup. So it happens. Just saying.
4: Why are you talking to my wife? I talk, I talk to your
2: wife a lot. Did you not know this? Yeah. She does my taxes. <laughs> she knows my life intimately, which is kind is, of scary. It's creepy. She'd be like, you know, so I noticed that on, uh, you know, on Sundays, you typically go have
4: dinner here. I'm like, what? What? what?
2: What <laughs> she's identifying trends in my in my uh, in yeah. my behavior. Well, that's
4: what she she gets paid the extra money from the uh, from the boys in uh, Langley to do that. So it's just a, it's a check,
2: you know, check in the mail. You know, I love her for it. I love her for it. Isos, do you have anything today? Did you bring any isos? Uh,
4: sigh. You got no ISOs. I dropped the ball on the <sighs> ISOs. Oh
2: goodness. Okay.
4: I have yeah. To- I used to walk in. It's like a. It's like a forfeit. You win.
2: Okay, so you get to choose between either one of my winning ISOs. Clearly, here's number one. This was important.
4: Okay. Okay. I think this is the one.
2: Xi Jinping.
4: <laughs> no, I think this. I think yeah, the other first one is better.
2: You like that one better? Important. Yeah. Important. important, important. Okay, I will line up import. Oh, okay. Important is lined up. Uh, let's see. I think we have. There must be something we need to discuss. Oh yes, an omen. An omen in horse racing. You were talking about the track earlier. Your yeah. horse came in eighth. Yeah. So, what are the chances of a horse called Heavenly Trump? <laughs> winning the race. Listen to this play-by-play. Play.
7: Flyboy have absolutely opened up on them. Inside the furlong pole, he might lead it by double digits. Heavenly Trump is going to be second. Oh, and Moro Flyboy ducked in, hit the rail, and unseated the rider, and Heavenly Trump is going to inherit the win here.
2: <laughs> this was a great race. The guy in the lead, the horse, literally crashed into the side. The rider goes, the jockey goes. Inherit
4: the win? Oh, man, it's full of puns. I love
2: this. This was so funny
4: like ah yeah that's it that's it it's clear it's clear so i have one i've got a clip i can play just because i like i just like this clip this is this did you know about the 72 fake news sites
2: (laughs) no i have not heard of this this sounds great here we go
24: At least 72 fake news sites and multiple social media accounts were found to be spreading pro-China propaganda. That's according to a new report from cybersecurity firm Mandian. The company identified these sites as part of a massive information operation campaign that's still running. Mandian says the website's aim is to disseminate content strategically aligned with the political interests of the People's Republic of China. The report attaches a list of these fake websites. They have names like Austria Weekly and Focus on Russia. They present themselves as independent news from around the world and publish content in 11 languages. Mandian says they believe one Chinese public relations firm operates behind them, Shanghai Haishun Technology Corporation. Content on these sites is mainly critical of the U.S. and Western societies. They seek to ease concerns over democracy in Hong Kong and human rights issues in China. But neither the authors of the articles nor the ownership of the sites are specified.
2: Now is this a big? And I know this is New Tang Dynasty. Is this a big story in the U.S.? Are they? Is anyone talking
4: about this? No, of course not. Because I mean, look, I got the list right here: uh, MSNBC, <laughs> uh, Washington Post, New York Times. They're all fake no, news. All talking they're, about it.
2: they're fake news sites, according to they're all,
4: seven- <laughs> all spokesholes for the Chinese. Now I
2: have a question because I'm a numerology guy. Seventy-two. Yeah. Where else have we heard seventy-two?
4: I don't know. Isn't it? The, I'm sure you do. Don't what? you get
2: don't you get 72 virgins if you're a jihadist? Is that right? Is that the number? I think it's the number. Let me double check. I, I, I'm pretty sure that's the number.
4: That was 99.
2: No, 72 virgins. Maybe I'm wrong. Let's see. Um. Yes, uh, 72 virgins. The suicide bombers are always promised 72 virgins.
4: That's fascinating. That's a good good catch. I did not catch that. And you just got to wonder why. I thought you were talking about the tri-delts over at Stanford. oh. Part two of this? <laughs> Sorry. Part two. Yeah, go on.
24: Some of the yeah. fabrications are related to U.S. officials. One suspended Twitter account posted a letter allegedly sent to anthropologist Adrian Zenz, a well-known critic of China's treatment of Uyghurs in Xinjiang. The post implies that the German scholar received funding from U.S. Senator Marco Rubio and former White House chief (laughs) strategist Steve Bannon. (laughs) This story was republished on other websites. Senator Rubio later confirmed the letter is a forgery. In a statement to Bloomberg, he said, It is important to expose these networks and that the Chinese Communist Party will continue to discredit its opponents in increasingly sophisticated ways. Although the propaganda campaign was massive, Mandiant researchers note that it hasn't made much of an impact. Meanwhile, FBI Director Christopher Wray testified before the Senate Judiciary Committee about Chinese espionage.
4: This is a problem of massive, massive scale, Uh,
15: and to some extent as a country, we're playing catch-up on the threat.
4: Um, And so part of what I've got all our people doing is, is out there beating the bushes, interacting with the business community, the academic community.
24: Ray also warned that Beijing's espionage has become the greatest long term threat to our nation's information and intellectual property.
2: I'm telling you, they're shifting from Ukraine to Taiwan to China. Zelensky's a dead man. That whole thing's over. The game is up. The gambit's over. I think we're shifting.
4: Yeah. I think we're shifting we'll see yes we shall and you know what we might see. we'll be on top of it whatever the case that's this right. show this show
2: 72 virgins I mean fake news sites it's kind of interesting Uh-oh. let's see what do we have uh, end of show mixes we've got sound guy Steve we got Tom Starkweather Leo Lapuke also stopping by love that uh, coming up next, if you're uh, listening live on the No Agenda stream, trollroom.io, we have another live show. That'll be the Hog Story 5-Minute Limit with Carolyn Blaney, John Fletcher, and special guest, Abel Kirby. Now You can boost them. They're all waiting for you. Uh, Podcasting 2.0 live on the stream. Coming to you from the heart of the Texas Hill Country here in FEMA Region Number 6. In the morning, everybody, I'm Adam Curry.
4: And from northern Silicon Valley, where I remain, I'm John C. Devorak. We
2: return on Thursday right here with another episode of your No Agenda show as we continue to live the value-for-value value new international lifestyle. Until then, adios mofos and such.
4: New, new. pronouns. From new. 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 The new, new, new pronouns.
15: TikTok,
4: tell me. Pronoun clips from TikTok.
13: One of my students said, I must
2: have like, oh, doubt. Could you even ask my pronouns? What are they? Banana said,
8: banana and red. Dude. No. Banana. Banana. Banana for. Dude. All bananas make a bunch of service anymore.
0: Dude. I'm still pretty
12: sure he was making fun of it They all agreed, you can choose anything You want banana and rocks to a pronoun?
3: Banana and rox pronoun Is it? TikTok, tell me Her response should have been, those are nouns That's it, hold it
4: right there Pronoun trouble And my pronouns
15: are she, her, and her mm-hmm. I wish I was
14: aborted sometimes
6: Nearly 170 million Americans of every party, every background, every walk of life have stepped up and gotten this virus. And it's clearer than ever. This didn't just happen by chance. We got to this moment because we took aggressive action from day one with a whole of government response. And for young people who may think this doesn't affect you, listen up, please. This vaccine could have long-term implications for your health that we don't even know about yet or fully understand you. It's true, young people are much less likely to die from COVID. But if you get vaccinated, sooner or later, you get COVID still. And some will have long-term health impacts as a consequence. I don't want to see the country that is already too divided become divided in a new way. Between places where people live free from fear of COVID, and places where when the fall arrives, death and severe illnesses return. We still have work to do. That's why today we're announcing a month-long effort to pull all the stops, all the stops to free ourselves from this vaccine. We're asking the American people to help. We need you. We need you to get your friends, family, neighbors, and co-workers to inspire us. We're going to launch a national vaccination tour to encourage people to take the shot. We need everyone across the country pull together to get us over the finish line and learn more about how you can help go to wecandothis.gov all the progress we're making as a country the data could not be cleared. you are fully vaccinated you are still
0: at risk of getting seriously ill or dying A water main break, everybody out! And by the way, we have a great person here. Back to the future, you know, back to the future. To think that I'm going to be jumping into the seat, grabbing a wheel, being rebuffed, grabbing this big, powerful guy, his neck is like this, and grabbing, I'm going to take him. Have to be ruthless in going after the new... Censorship regime is censorship. We have to eliminate all remaining COVID mandates and lockdowns. We'll bring a lot of them back. They will come back. But right now, nobody's coming back. You're fired. You ever hear that? You're fired. Yeah, you're fired. For the table, the dress, they lift that dress up, they grab that. That was something, I said, who the hell is that out there? The likes of which has never been seen before, they've never seen anything like what's going on right now. And then we did it again, we did it again, we did it. A water main break, everybody out! Look at me, I'm much bigger... And much stronger than her And he said to me, sir, I don't think you should say that Last I'll tell you one thing If I'm a drug dealer, I'm going to say no thanks I'm going someplace else I got gasoline Gasoline for cars, put it in the tank Thank you very much
23: the
1: best
23: podcast in the universe. Adios, mofo.
4: This was important